Good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Nameless Podcast. It is late evening. It's the first time we've recorded this late. I'm here with a great guy named Luke Shannon. Luke, what's up, buddy? How you doing, man? Doing great. I'm stoked. Like I said, I've never recorded a podcast this late. I'm interested to see how this goes. This is actually my first time recording a podcast, so this will be an experience for both of us. Oh, what a great... This, this We're treading into new territory. This is amazing. Most of the time we're recording like early evening or in the morning. I hate recording in the morning. I, I'm not a morning person myself. Yeah. I understand completely. I'm all groggy and... It's the worst. Good morning, folks. <laughs> it's me for like three hours after I wake up. It's, it's bad. Yeah, that's the thing, because I try to sleep as long as I can. So if we record at 10 a.m., I'm getting up at 9.50 in my pajamas and recording. I sound like death. Hey, I mean, again, it's how I normally sound, so... Death personified. <laughs> I don't think you sound like death, Luke. I think you have a great voice. Thank very you. articulate. Very professional. Always. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> You're like, hmm. <laughs> Just you wait. I'm here to prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself, Luke. Okay. So I'm a fairly recent trans uh, transplant here to Utah. Uh, moved here just over a year ago now. It was, really? A year ago? Yeah, it, it was a year and a half ago now. It was like August of last year. Wow, or, I was, or 2017, yeah. Yeah, 2017, yeah. Because yeah. I moved here in June of 2017. Okay. End of June, so basically July. Sure, so so, so about the same time. About then. the same time? I thought you'd been here for, for like a hot minute, like mm-hmm. two years. No, 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 a year and a half. You know that's crazy, though, is by the end of summer it'll be two years. Ugh, let's not talk about that. Right? Agreed, yeah. <laughs> Next topic. Sheesh. <laughs> um, and I moved out here because I've got family out here. That wasn't doing anything back in Virginia, just kind of spinning my wheels. So I just moved out here because I had nothing better to do. What part of Virginia are you from? So I'm from a little place called Goldvane. Never heard of it. Nobody had. People in Virginia, like they live half an hour from where I live, haven't heard of it. Uh, it's the reason it's fun history fact. The reason it's called Goldvane is Thomas Jefferson found a gold vein. Huh. And and so there's this little tiny gold mine that got mined out like years ago. But that's where the name came from. Good old Tommy J. Yep. Found the gold vein in your town. Yep, in gold vein. In gold vein. And hence gold vein. <laughs> yep. That's how Bethel, the town I'm from in Ohio, you know, people, yeah, they're like, Bethel? What, what are you talking about, Bethel? I mean, I've at least heard of it. You have? I have. Really? I couldn't tell you where I've heard it, <laughs> but I know I've heard of Bethel, Ohio. And you're like, huh. Yeah, I don't know what you would have heard about us. Uh... Uh, we got a bunch of heroin addicts. <laughs> I think that's just kind of the state of Ohio. No offense. <laughs> that is the state of Ohio. It's just people are like, let me tell you about this great thing called heroin. Like, have you heard of fentanyl? It's going to change your life. <laughs> it's terrible. But like, you almost, like, yeah, it's terrible that people are doing drugs. But it's gotten to the point, it's laughable. The statistics about Ohio and drug use. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's almost like they run out of Narcan to revive people and all this stuff. Like, man. So where's Bethel by? So, okay, so Bethel is close to Tip City. Tip City's famous because of, uh, 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 what president was it? Tippy Canoe and Tyler, too. So Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that was, so Tip City. They did call it Tippy Canoe, and then they changed it to Tip City because nobody wanted to say Tippy Canoe because it's too many syllables. <laughs> Us Ohio people, we got to keep it short. Dayton. 
Dayton. Bethel. <laughs> tip. <laughs> Can't say tip a canoe. <laughs> Too many. But yeah, so it's close to Tip City, and then Tip City is close to Dayton. Dayton's probably the... Okay, sure. Yeah, people have heard of Dayton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, birth, you know, the, the, the Wright brothers? Yeah. You know, did all their stuff there. Actually, uh, there's a, as you, I mean, probably know, there's a um, Air Force base yes. up there. Uh, and there's an Air Force museum up there. Yeah. My grandpa on my dad's side was in the Air Force, and his flight suit and some of his medals are actually in that museum. No yeah. way. Yeah. Because that is a cool thing. Everybody goes to the Air Force Museum because it's free. And there's so there's, much there's so stuff. much there's so much stuff there. It's mind blowing. Yeah, there's Unreal. so much there. That's super cool. So have you gone to see it? Then? I have gone to see it. <sighs> and actually, when I wanted to see it, it was for uh, a reunion of the flight class that my grandpa was in. So the, he he had a reunion with a bu- with him and a bunch of his old um, flight buddies, and we and we went out for like a family reunion at the same time. No way. And then we went to the museum with him, and so as the, so, and so we went along like and he was kind of like our, our tour guide for parts of the museum. Oh my god! And then when he got to the flight suit, he's like, "This is mine," and would share some of the stories of him, because he flew in Vietnam. Um. Oh my gosh. Have you heard of the wild weasels? No. Uh-huh. Okay, so the wild weasels. So if you're a pilot, you're a certain kind of stupid. Just. <laughs> my dad's. Let's mi- start with that. <laughs> my dad's military, his dad's military, my brother's military. It's a certain kind of stupid to be in the military, step one. <laughs> it's another kind of stupid to be a pilot. <laughs> it's a third kind of stupid to be a wild weasel. Because what their job was in Vietnam, um, you had all the the political stuff going on and you couldn't shoot people in Vietnam building stuff because it could have been a Russian it could have been somebody else that they had just... like French people there too didn't they right there, there, it, was yeah, a, a ton of people. it was just a hot pot of um, different political parties going on there that you couldn't shoot at them because now you've just shot the Russians and now the Russians are going to shoot at us Oy vey. okay yeah. so what the wild weasels did is they flew low enough that they'd get shot at. And then the bombers behind them, now that we've, now that they've shot at us, the bombers behind the wild weasels could then uh, shoot at those um, structures and stuff. So they drew the fire. They drew the fire in f- to both draw fire and be shot at so that now we can attack them. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is... Uh, that That's... Again, wow. a, a special kind of stupid. That's asinine. T- tons of respect for them, but you're stupid. That is so crazy, because literally you're just going into fire. Yeah, and my grandpa said that sometimes the best, um, because his job, he wasn't, a, he wasn't a pilot himself. He ran the, sen- the sensors, the scanners, the things like that. And since the technology wasn't the greatest at the time... Uh, sometimes your scanner was stick your head as close to the window as you can see and see if you can see the gunfire coming towards you from the ground. Oh my gosh. You're like, yeah, uh-huh, we're getting shot. <laughs> we're getting shot at. Yeah. Do this now or right. else we're going to die. Okay. Yeah, we're getting shot. Go ahead and return fire. Yep. You know, just another day in the office. Yep. Oh my gosh. So that's my grandpa. And he, and he got to like take you around the Air Force Museum and... Yeah. And, and talk about... It was like, because you have, in, in that museum, you have all the different um, aircraft. Yeah, yeah. He's like, the one I flew was like, there's this one, and then there's this one. 
And the one that I flew was this middle one that they're actually not showing here that was like the bridge between the two of these. Because this one wasn't good enough, and this one wasn't made yet. Oh, that's so So it was crazy. this one that we were that I was flying. Man, you know what? I've never gone through with a guide before. We The last time I went was with some of my buddies, and we were just going around. And one of my buddies is in the Air Force, and he's a history buff, so he was getting in-depth about a lot of the stuff. The craziest part of that place was the R&D. The, the former stuff they had, like flying saucers yeah like what What? like they drew this is the stuff they drew up like you know this is the like they were the ones that were like never mass produced but like still just crazy yeah like it's mind-blowing and then you also got to see like the former air force ones and stuff like that like super cool fantastic museum hi yeah anybody that can make it out there highly recommend yeah it's free yes that's a big part it's It's free free. (laughs) like had we sold it free yeah yeah coming from virginia i was like an hour and a half south of dc so yeah so we'd go up into the smithsonian all the time oh that'd be so cool pro tip go on on thanksgiving day really it's open it's open thanksgiving day it's a net like Wow. Like, people can go, regardless. Uh, Because a lot of, like, the staff, there's a lot of volunteer work, like, for employees and stuff for the Smithsonian. Oh, that'd be really cool to go in and, yeah. And and so... And no one's there. And you get get a lot of tourists from out of the country because it's Thanksgiving. They don't actually care what day it is. Yeah. Because, like, it's not Christmas, basically. It's not Christmas, so we don't care what day it is. Right. And so the Smithsonian's open. And so that's crazy. Not a huge um, football guy, so I'd rather go to the Smithsonian. Agreed. Than play flag football at seven in the morning. Yeah, you know what? This year we had a turkey bowl planned out, and we didn't. Uh, a lot of our people flaked last minute. Hmm. It's because they're smart. They are <laughs> smart. They're preserving their bodies for the delicious food. Right. Genius people. My uh, my first Thanksgiving on the mission, I had no clue. I was like. I totally forgot about it. Just occurred to me. I looked. I was like, "Wait a second! Today's Thanksgiving." <laughs> and like, of course, nobody cared about it there. And then the name is super long too. It's like Dia de Dar Acción de Gracias. It's like the day. So it's the day of giving, the action, of thanks. Like directly <laughs> translated, doesn't okay. make any sense. Like, but I made a little cornucopia. <laughs> what I did is. I ate right. I ate tortillas and beans every night, so cooked up a little plate of it. I spread out the tortillas in a nice way. I went to the tienda and I bought some of the special sodas that they have and the plantain chips called zambos. Put them all on a nice, beautiful little display. And then the second one, I don't even remember what we did for the second one. I think I was so Guatemalan by then, I didn't even care. <laughs> sure, sure. I served stateside. Where did you serve? Southern California, the Carlsbad Mission. SoCal. Do you know where, you know where Carlsbad is? Uh, yeah. It's towards the south. <laughs> yes. My brother served in Ventura. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's close. Ish. Um, so basically go an hour south of LA mm-hmm. or go an hour north of San Diego. Oh, easy enough. And that's about where um, um, Newport Beach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is, it was just outside my mission. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Irvine. Yeah. Anaheim, all just right outside my mission. I'm like semi-familiar with um, with, with SoCal area because, I mean, that's where I was born. Okay. And I still have family 
So where were you born? Like Long Beach. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. So I've I've gone there a couple times and kicked it with family and whatnot, and it's beautiful. And every time you're like, I don't want to leave, and then you have to. And then you have to. And you come back to reality. The other reason why I mean it's so expensive out there though it is so expensive. It's unreal. How do people live? I don't know. Like I I don't I don't I can't fathom what people pay for like rent. Yeah no. <laughs> like. It's, it's it's mind blowing. I would yeah, die. Yeah, no, it's it's insane out there. I'd be a cool homeless person out there, you know. Sp- speaking of homeless people out there, because again, I was a missionary out there. Uh, I heard, not not confirmed, but I heard that there were quote unquote homeless people that made two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Ooh, just for panhandling. They panhandled like crazy. Just just from panhandling. And I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll go be quote unquote homeless out there for a quarter of a million of dollars a year. Uh, yeah, that's not taxable. Yeah, right, like <laughs> without taxes, like yes, I totally do that. You know what's crazy is the same thing happened, and um, they ran articles about people in Guatemala who did that. Okay, they would track them when they'd hop on the buses all day and beg. Sure. Yeah, there were definitely some people where I totally get it. There were others that they planned it out. Perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the people that I knew about there were definitely homeless and had issues. Yeah. But there are some people that you're like, nah, you're faking it. <laughs> you're doing this just to get an easy, to get easy money. Right. Like, hmm. yeah, that's, that stuff's interesting. So, so, okay. So Virginia, gold vein. Yeah, and now you're out here. And I'm out here, yeah. And then out here you work at Tucano's, correct? Out here I work at Tucano's, yep. For those who don't know what Tucano's is, it's a delicious Brazilian restaurant, correct? Correct. That the, It's a, it's a Brazilian buffet style. That basically, I mean, this is basically me going to do my work spiel now. <laughs> that it comes in two parts. There's a salad festival kind of in the middle of the building that has... A bunch of different, like, it's got salad fixings, it's got some sushi, it's got some tuna salad stuff, fresh fruit, just th- things like that. Then we have another section that's like mashed potatoes, Brazilian cheese breads. Oh, that stuff is good. Oh, it's so good. Ooh. Don't talk about the, um, like, caloric intake of it. Let's not. Mm. Just realize that you can eat 12 without even blinking and call it good. Yeah. Like, like legit. And and then the other part that makes the place, you know, great is the meat comes, instead of like ordering food, the meat comes around on a skewer. It comes to you. Comes to you. And you're just like, and they're like, hey, here is our top sirloin cooked medium. Do you want some? And you're like, nah, I prefer mine medium rare, rare, well done. And I'll go, cool, we'll bring that around for you. And I'll bring it around cooked the way you like it, mm-hmm. and there are like 12 different meats on the rotation. So good. You know what? I've only been once. Okay. And we went for my birthday. Sure. Because everybody goes for Because everybody birthday. goes for your birthday. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, it was after I worked out with Michael Tobler. I remember that day. I actually, yes. I actually worked there that day. Yeah, and I told him, I was like, we were both wearing cut-off shirts. We looked like total gym gym bros my my co-workers in fact commented on the fact that um i know a couple of gym bros <laughs> i was like oh gosh i was like michael don't we shouldn't we go home and change versus like, nah nah we're good we're gonna go eat we're gonna pay i'm like okay and like the thing is it's like i didn't think about it before and i was wearing some booty shorts like they were short 
Like, very short. Yeah, they were. They are pretty short. And, yeah, and, you know, my cut-off shirt, too. So, like, yeah. Like, man, it was all out for the world to see. I was like, ooh, this feels uncomfortable. And then the other thing, too, I didn't think about it. I'm never hungry after I work out. Mm. If I wanted to solve my obesity crisis, I would work out 24-7. <laughs> Not only would I get super jacked, I would never eat. You just never eat. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that would solve my problems. It's first dates and uh, first dates and lifting. <laughs> <laughs> I've cracked the code. See, my problem with first dates is actually the other is, is the other way. You eat too much. I get super hungry because I get super nervous on a first date. Yeah, and I'm a nervous eater. Oh, and so I'm like, yeah, bring that food and bring that food and yeah, order an appetizer. You want? To- what do you mean you don't want dessert? Why don't you want dessert? We're on a date, dude. The last two first dates that I went on, like I ate like half my food. I- I'm usually, and that's not me. Yeah, I, I'm usually eating all of my food, and then as soon as the date's over, I go get more food. <laughs> You're like, we're a load up! Sheesh, we both have opposite reactions to yeah, her. Yeah, that's interesting on that one. To being nervous. Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. But yeah, how do you like it there? Oh, it's fun, it's fun. Just in case your employers are listening. <laughs> Not like, I'm a people person. <laughs> yeah. And so just being able to just interact with my coworkers and just the people that come in... It's just a ton of fun. It's it's really fun when you get the regulars that come in that you're like, hey, I remember serving you two weeks ago. It's so good to see you again. Welcome back. It's just yeah. just a lot of fun because you start just getting this connection. That helps with tips too, huh? Uh, it, it does. It does help with tips usually. Do you, okay. Let's, here, this is something that amazes me. Okay. The, the whole tipping. So I'm not going to put myself up on... I'm not going to give examples and I'm not going to, but I like to be generous Yeah. when I, when I do that stuff. Same here, same here. And I feel terrible for people who get stiffed. Yes. What's the worst time, like the worst instance you've been stiffed by somebody? Uh, worst instance, uh, like anytime you get stiffed just feels absolutely awful. Yeah. Um, I haven't had anything like terribly happen to me. And like when I say stiffed, um, I mean, for me, stiffed is a zero. Yeah. Um, Has that happened? Like, no oh, tip. It happened, to me, it happened to me today, actually. No way. Yeah, uh, there was a table that just they didn't tip. They should be branded. That's eh, fine. It happens. Like I, The most uh, positive reaction I have ever heard from somebody not getting tipped. Uh-huh. That's crazy. Yeah, like... Now, here's the other thing. Do you... So, can you pin... Like, with those people who stiff you, what, what kind of economic class are we talking about? It depends. It honestly just depends. Um, I've, I've seen the full range of people getting stiffed based on, um... Because some of these rich people are straight up penny pinchers, dude. Sure. Um, where I see the stiffing happen, happening the most is we're a college town. Mm. And there are poor college students coming out to eat for their birthdays and stuff. And they're just trying to scrape the money and want to do something nice, but don't really have enough to tip as well. And so they tend to be the ones that tip the worst, just overall. Be like, listen here, kids. If you're not going to give me any money, give me something cool. Like some pogs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, fun story about tipping. You'll appreciate this story. Ooh. I actually got a Magic the Gathering card <gasps> as a tip. No way! Yeah. What card was it? Uh, Scape Shift. What, from what set is it? Uh, it was, so it was originally from, I don't even remember what it was originally sent from, but it got reprinted in M19. Oh. Huh. And now, like, rarity. What are we talking about? Uh, mythic. 
Yeah. So and he just had it on him. I was like, boom. So so what it was is I came to the table to like talk to him. Yeah. And they were in for their birthday, but I saw on his phone because I'm like, hey, he's like, it's my birthday. I'm like, oh great, do you have the app on your phone? He's like, yeah, let me pull it up. Opens up his phone. I'm like, is that a magic card I see? Because he was he had a magic card on his phone there, and so we just started talking about magic and things like that. And it was Scape Shift because he had a Scape Shift. Yeah. That he was trying to price out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he's like, I've got was this. Was he on Card Kingdom or something? Uh, or? I think he was using uh, Star City. StarCity.com. Okay. Yeah. Not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, huge. Not a sponsor. Not affiliated with that in any way, shape, or form. And so we were just talking. He's like, I've got this card that I'm not sure, you know, that I'm not sure, you know, how much it's going to go for. Because the set had just come out, so prices were fluctuating. Um... It had been a $50 card before the reprint, had dropped down to about $10 at the yeah. time that he was looking at it. But it was needed just because it had only been printed the one time, so it was the second printing now. I so demand needed more of it. Um, and, then we're, and then I just you know kind of went around the rest, you know, the rest of my night, um, got them what they needed, did everything for that, and then I give them the bill, and then... You know, he, he gives me the card, swipe the card, do, do, do you know, the whole just the whole process. Right. And then as he's leaving, he hands me the book and goes, I left you a little something extra in there as well. Oh. Open it up and Scape Shift is just sitting there oh. in the book. Oh, so cool! Plus plus the regular tip. Oh, even better. And he tipped, and not one of the nice things is some people tip off of the original amount, some people tip off of the discounted amount. Right. He tipped off of the original amount. No way. Plus the card, which had then stabilized up to about $20. So I effectively got like a 60% tip oh. based on the... F- and, I'm, and I go up to my manager, I'm like, so we're not supposed to get personal tips, but what do you want me to do about this? Like, over my dead body, will you get this? And they're like, yeah, you can just take it. It's fine. Like, we can't do anything with no, it. No, I'm going to need you to send that back to the office, Luke. <laughs> right? It's like... <laughs> and they both, like, all the managers on at the other night were like, they just kind of give you this, you're a strange man, Luke, uh, but you can have it. I would be so ecstatic to get yeah, it, a magic card. It honestly made my night for that tip. Like, it, yes. it was just, they were a great table, had a lot of fun with them, and the, the magic card as a tip was honestly just gravy at that point. Yes. Oh, it's so good. The other thing, you know what, I think a lot of people could learn that it's it's a really good feeling when you go out of your way um, and, you know, you just leave a little something extra and more than you normally would. Um, I got to do that around Christmas time. It was really cool because the lady didn't know about it. The way that it worked is that you give the tip, then you go up to the front, and uh, and you pay it up there. And then the owner was up there, and I was just like, fantastic. Your waitress over here is awesome. She was talking about like how she had just got the job. She had a couple kids. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy looked at it, and he was like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. Like, that's cool. No worries. Yeah. Cool. I kind of I did the same thing. Um, I was just having a really crappy day. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to go out. I'm going to buy myself a steak dinner. Just you know, treat myself nice. Got, yeah. my, got myself an appetite. New Year, a New Year had just happened. So it was like, again, kind of this time of year, February, end of February, beginning of um, whatever the next month is, March. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to go out. I'm going to treat myself nice. I'm get myself an appetizer. Get myself a you know, nice steak. Get yeah. myself dessert. Get treat myself... yourself. Right, exactly. And, I, and as I was going into the restaurant, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to spend this. I'm going to tip the same amount that I spend. I mean, I have a hundred percent tip. Spent $75 on myself. Give a tip of $75, $150. I walked out of the restaurant. Boom. Like a boss. 
And I, and I was just it like... It feels great. Oh, it felt great. And I just left a little note with him like, hey, happy new year. Hope that your new year's going better than mine right now. Because I was, I was going through a rough spot at the time. I'm like, hey, and if your new year isn't going as good as it should be, here's a little something to make a little bit better. Yeah. That's super cool. I think one problem that I have is uh, it's nice to do nice things for other people. And I think a lot of times I limit it to like the monetary view. Yeah. I'm like, man, what problem can I solve with money here? But I think a lot of times we can solve more problems by being creative and finding ways to help people out because I can't always afford to do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can every now and then and it feels great when I can. But yeah, that's my big thing now is I got to find other ways to... And I, I think I think a big thing about like for for that of of how to be nice to people of you know how to just help people is just even just the action of giving your time. Yeah. Even if it's just a hey. That's a good point. Hey, let's just go for a walk together and just spend half an hour of time. It's small things. Yeah, we've got a customer who comes in, really cool Venezuelan guy, and uh, his name's Luis. When he comes in, I was like, I'm always like Don Luis, and he's like, oh. He's always like so taken aback that somebody remembers his name. I'm like, yeah, you're you're a cool guy. It's also because he looks like a Venezuelan version of my dad. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, you, I, you're very hard to forget. Like, you know, he was such a cool dude. I guess the small things really can go a long way. You know, they they, they really can. Yeah, yeah. Magic the Gathering. It's so fun. It's fun. It's fun. We actually got together and played a couple nights ago. It was just kind of on, out of the blue, and. Uh, uh yeah i won i think we played three games and i won two of them nice oh so gratifying but and was this the dino deck that you're talking about it's my dino deck okay Okay, so what i did so i won the first game with my dino deck and then the second game that we played i lost and i think i played with my dino deck again now there's context behind it so ryan sabins he was on the show two weeks ago He's got some gnarly decks built. His Kithkin deck, I've never beat it. <laughs> I can't beat it. Um, I've got an answer for you. Please. Board wipes. Board wipe. Ah, oh, that's the thing, man. I don't have, like... I haven't built up... So here's the other thing. I got into Magic, like, 2014, 2015. Okay. Roughly by the time I got in front of Mission. A big part of it was my little brother got into it, and I wanted to, like, bond with him about it. So we just went out. We'd go buy cards. I spent a lot of money on that, but it was fun because we just sit down, we collect, we make collect, decks. And I just make the decks with what you so got. a lot of my cards are back home in Ohio. Sure. And my little brother gets defensive over them. When <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm gonna take these with me. He's like, no, you're not. Like, excuse me. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fine. I'll just start from scratch here. <laughs> and so yeah. And so the other thing that I do to kind of build up my decks here is I buy those pre-built Planeswalkers decks. Sure. Because they're just fun. You pull them out, you yeah, play. They're easy to play. Easy to, easy and to they just... come with some booster packs. So they're fun. And I have to be careful, too, because you can get out of control with the booster packs. When Steve was living here, mm-hmm. like, this is probably nothing compared to what you've done. But, like, <laughs> yeah. man. Oh, yes. It, we had it where it was almost every night. It was me, Steve, and Ryan playing Magic. But it was fun, man. Some of the most fun I've had playing a freaking card game and spending all of my money doing it. But it was so fun. Uh, I miss those days a lot, but we got to the point where we lo- like. I think I love Dicks a lot more than anybody else, and I was like, guys, we should buy a booster box. And when we went to what's the place here, the Dragons Keep, Dragons Keep, yeah, which we're not affiliated with, also not affiliated <laughs> with, but we're looking for sponsors. <laughs> and <laughs> anyway, um, we went there and we're like, yeah, how much would it cost for a booster box? And 
some outrageous amount. We were like, it's about 120 at, at um, Dragon's Keep. Yeah, and we're like, hmm. So we split it three ways. Okay. And we buy it. I put it on my card. We take it home. We divvy it up. And they had the thing where they give you the that uh the, the the buy a box promo yeah, yes yeah. exactly did you get the do you have a did you get the foil um search for Escanta buy a box promo I didn't I have search for Escanta but not the foil okay was that a pretty rare one well because it, it was like the buy a box like the buy a box promo from original Ixalan uh, um wait ours ours might have been rivals of Ixalan yeah that's what because wait a second I don't remember no it was regular Ixalan okay I'll have to talk to Steve. But anyway, so we get we get the special booster pack that has all the the, rare, the rares and mythic mm-hmm, rares. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that it's not divisible by three. I think it was like seven cards is what it was. <laughs> so we had this huge debate <laughs> in our living room, and it got kind of heated. I was say, who died? <laughs> <laughs> who did we have to revive? I think I got I, I think I got the short end of the stick because Steve and Ryan knew exactly what they wanted. And me, I'm just a noob. And I'm like, like okay, I cards. just want more cards. I want the shiny cards that are mythic rares. But no no, I was looking for like the powerful dinosaurs. And so like I wasn't really looking for a whole lot. So this card pops up and it's one that Steve and Ryan both want. And so they're going after it hardcore. No, it was a Watley, it was one of the planeswalkers. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh I remember the debate lasting for a super long time. And they were going back and forth about who had the claim, who like who was entitled to getting the extra card or getting the first pick or whatnot. And then I stepped in and I was like, dudes, I put it on my card. Like, I'm the one who bought it. So <laughs> So Like I know you've all Venboed me, but it's not there yet. So until that point it's mine. Pony up. And I ended up taking the easy way out. So I picked one of theirs first and then made some type of trade or something. Sure. Long story short, I didn't get anything good out of it. Did yeah. not get a good pull. It was just entertaining to watch it yeah, all. That, that's, that's great. <laughs> to let the chaos ensue. It was like Solomon's baby, except <laughs> with magic cards. I'm surprised we didn't cut one in half. That's what I should have done. <laughs> what you should have done is turned like three of them face down, shuffled them all up. Oh my god! And then go, pick one, we're tearing that one in half. You know what I think? Oh... Oh, that would have been so bad. <laughs> I think that's what we did. I think we shuffled them and then we divvied them and just, out. And just, like I said, the only thing I remember is Steve and Ryan just being at each other's throats. It was hilarious. I miss Steve so much. It would just be randomly like, hey, Steve, want to play some magic? Yeah, okay. Cool. Like, boom. It was like magic on demand. Like, I don't need to sign up for Magic the Arena. I got it here in my house. <laughs> Fools. What you talking about? And Steve had so many cards, too. Also, Arena's not a sponsor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, we are walking on, like, <laughs> trademark landmines right now. Oh, no, like, this entire uh, episode, we're just going to be like, no sponsor, no sponsor, not a sponsor, not a sponsor. Like, please. We're not affiliated with these people in any way, shape, or form. Like, any of you guys that want a sponsor, you know, we'll be fine with that. But Speaking of sponsorships, Luke, I'm going to put you on a pedestal. Luke is okay. our first Patreon subscriber. I still have to get you your signed meme. <laughs> I gotta think because there's some I there's I have like a couple of go-to memes like why though that's okay. one of my favorites sure the the weird looking yeah, yeah, yeah Renaissance kid my favorite is I think it's on one of the pictures of the tears it's the one with Yoda on top of the Hulk's body okay yeah that's like I, I remember the first time I saw that picture my brain was just like does not compute pardon. <laughs> <laughs> that's how my reaction to it was like wait a second what is that because it, it, it was one of my buddies that's just like hey luke 
look at this. And you just see this grin on his face. He's like, eh? Eh? And I'm like, and he's just laughing at me as my brain's just like melting out of my ears. <laughs> and the other thing that got me about it too is like, it's the picture of Yoda with the Hulk on him, but it's not related to... Hey kids, this year Friday Christmas falls on Friday the thirteenth. Right, it, it has the most, let your friends know the most non sequitur like text <laughs> with the pictures that don't make sense at all. <laughs> it's amazing what memes can do. No, it, it's amazing, like the power of memes of, of just stupid pictures with stupid text because <laughs> that's what they are. That's what memes are. They're, they're stupid pictures on with stupid text. Online. Like, this is stuff they're going to teach. Like, this is going to be part of curriculum they teach 50 years from now. They're going to be like, and then the rise of memes. <laughs> it's a big enough thing that they have to talk about it, at least in passing, historically. Well, think, I, I wonder how much, I wonder what percentage of Twitter would consist of of memes. Sure. Because most of the, the most popular meme format right now is just people screenshotting stuff from Twitter. Or screenshotting stuff from Twitter. I mean, even, let's just talk about, like, this, just, just text-based memes. Yes. And... The format of Twitter thriving. Yes. Tor, that's the only one. Like, I'll go and make them in Memeatic, and I just do the Twitter. Yeah. I remember the first time I tried to make a meme, I went into Twitter and then screenshotted it. And you can see it's, like, poorly screenshotted. <laughs> the icons are still there. I'm like, man, I'm such a noob. I still am now. All the watermarks and stuff like that. Oh, Oh, But, yeah, man. I, it's a, You know what's crazy? So, like, I first found... I think I love, so my favorite sites to go to for my memes, I go to Imgur, or Imgur, whatever people call it. How do you pronounce it? It's still up for debate. Um, and then Instagram. Okay. I've tried 4chan. Didn't work. <laughs> 4chan. I'm surprised that 4chan is, in fact, still around as a website. <laughs> Isn't that, like, like, you get, you, like, okay, here's the crate. like, Joe Rogan had Alex Jones today on, like, and Alex Jones was recently banned because of the Sandy Hook stuff. Right, right, right. That is child's play compared to what is found on 4chan. Right? Straight up child's play. <laughs> it's unreal. I can't fathom it. I go in and I'm like, no, mm, mm, <laughs> no, no, can't. Mm-mm. It's too much. It's too much for me. I can't handle it. But it's crazy, man. I remember when I first, like, there were a lot of days where I was like, the only happiness I got out of the day was looking at some memes. Sure. The memes. I, I, I had a roommate that's kind of the same way, is if he had free time, he was either playing video games on his computer, or he was throwing memes everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they're a lifeline, man. The good old memes. Yep. Yeah. A meme a day keeps... They said it keeps the depression away, but I don't eh. think it does. <laughs> it, it doesn't, but it helps at least. <laughs> and that's actually a myth. <laughs> Ooh, root beer's starting to get to me. Mm-mm, good. Mm. I'm actually not a fan of IBC. It's, so, I'm a snob in many things. Yes. Soda is, in fact, one of those things that I am a snob about. You are so refined. <laughs> I love it. I don't know if it's refined or just picky. <laughs> we'll call it what it is. And we know? should have had Taylor on. Taylor's one of the pickiest people I've ever met. <laughs> and I love I, it. I don't call myself, like, it, it's not picky. It's just I have an opinion and your, if your opinion does not match with mine, you're wrong. That's all it is. <laughs> like, it, it's that simple. Like, right. You know? No no need to, you know, make it bigger than what it is. Yeah. It's just, that's just the way it it's is. Just, you're wrong, and you're allowed to be. <laughs> it's okay. 
<laughs> so what's your opinion on IBC? IBC was a brilliant soda as a kid. Yeah. Uh, it You drank it as a kid during the summer. Uh, you drank it with your root beer floats yeah. when you weren't uh, hanging out with a lot of people where you just buy the two liters instead of whatever cheapo um, soda is local to you. <laughs> the Fago. Yeah. The Fagos, the Shastas. Oh, Shasta. The, um, the, you know, the giant brand, the Walmart brand. Yes. If you weren't buying those, your step up from that was the IBCs. Barks, Barks was, was the root beer we had growing up. So growing up, we didn't do Barks because my parents didn't like, don't like to drink caffeine. Mm. And so we didn't get caffeine as kids, mm. and so I didn't really get into Barks until I was older. Mm. That being said, it is now one of my favorite root beers. Ah, uh, excellent. I was waiting for it. I was like, <laughs> okay, he didn't have it as a kid. I hope he doesn't say it sucks. Oh, no, 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 no. It, it's wonderful. <laughs> it, it, what it, it what I like about it is it has a unique taste if you compare it to all of the other sodas that come in two liters, A&W... You know, mug, mug, like all of those. Mug's worst, right? Mug, mug is worst. <laughs> mug is absolutely the worst. Absolutely. Mug's like this isn't even root beer. No. This is dirt and it's carbonation it's with sugar, with sugar and caramel coloring <laughs> to give it that root beer zing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But Barks has this like, like bitter bite to it mm-hmm. that kind of burns as you're drinking it. That. You don't get in a lot of other root beers. Right. So, so even like some of the more expensive root beers, like IBC and Virgil's, um, it, it has a, it has a it just has a strong bite to it. That you just don't find in a lot of other root beers, I'm just, which I really like. I'm jealous that you can break it down so smoothly and really uh, speak to the differences in those. Because me, I just drink like, yeah, this tastes good. Why does it taste good? Well, it just tastes good. You know? Yeah, yeah you know. On, on my mission, I was enough of a snob that you could blindfold me and put three different glasses of different brands of root beer and I could take a shot of each one and tell you which one was it was. It's like that part in Napoleon Dynamite when he's breaking down the milk. Yeah, exactly. It's like you with the root beer. You're like, yeah, the guy at the convenience store rubbed his hands all over the bottle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... You know what? When I was a kid, I used to drink the Barks all the time. And then I remember my dad my dad had a case of Budweiser leading down into our basement. And I go down there all the time because that's where my mom would go to do laundry or we had other stuff we stored down there. And I remember I went down there when I was a kid. I tried to get into the Budweiser because I thought it was root beer. Like, <laughs> I was like, yes. Not quite. And my mom found me and was like, what are you doing? Stop. And that's how I became an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Hi, my name's Sam. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Sam. <laughs> Not really. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah, that's that's always been an interesting discussion with friends. They're like, why don't you drink? And a lot of them are like, oh, wait, it's because you're Mormon. I'm like, absolutely not. Nope, it's not because I'm Mormon. Because when I did drink, I was like nuts. Sure. I, I, I can actually say the reason I don't drink is because I'm Mormon. Yeah. If I if I weren't a member of the church, I'd totally drink. Right. Because take that, you know, the, the root beer snobbery. Yeah. And now add it to beer. Mm-hmm. And then with IPAs and all that stuff. Right. No, I, I would be such the hipster when it comes to beers. You would. Like, I, I, like, you would. I would be such a hipster for that. Like, for that. Yes. 
I could see you doing that full blown. Yeah, one hundred percent. Everybody I talked to was like, yeah, that's what he would do. Well, and that's why I really don't care if people drink because a lot of people it, it's for like, no, nah, it tastes good. I have it with my dinner, and then you get other people who just like. Right. Kick him back. Let's let's make some more life altering decisions this evening. <laughs> uh, uh, that same roommate with the um the memes and the video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, I won't drink because my uncle's an alcoholic. Right. And if I drink, I'm gonna go down that same road. So I'm just not gonna touch it. Yeah, man. I had experience with it. It was just yeah, wasn't good. Wasn't good at all. I did a lot of stupid stuff when I when I did that. So I. I at least think it's good. I'm, I'm glad I can at least speak from experience instead of, you know, and, instead of just, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying I don't, I don't do it because of my religion, but right. not because dude, I've, I've seen it and it's bad. But you can it's say, bad. I, my I, dad I, was an alcoholic too. It's right. like, you, you can say, I, I, I don't drink because this is the stupid decisions I have made. So don't drink. So instead I eat like a pig. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair though, who doesn't? Yeah, in American society now, it's again shout it's out crazy. to where I work. Yeah, where the whole concept is: sit down and we'll. You getting up to get meat is too much work for you. Sit here. We'll just shovel meat onto your plate until you're dead. It's like Wally, right? Just here. No, we bring it to you. Don't get up. We got you. Yikes! That's kind of a weird thing to think about. I mean, it, there's a lot of like society that you're like, yeah, I don't know, Wally's. There's a lot of correlations you can make. Yeah. We're not there yet. It's scary to think about. But you're like, if we don't do some of these changes, we're, we're gonna get. There. We're getting there. Yeah. Mind blowing to think about that stuff. You know, at work we're gonna have a weight loss challenge. We're gonna do the month of March. I think we're gonna see, not the total pounds lost, but I think your body fat percentage or something. Okay. I don't know. To be honest, I'm a front runner because if I stay, if I can stick out a month of not eating like poop and getting my physical activity in every day, I my ideal body weight is way less than where I am now. Sure, sure. Probably the only other there's like one other person that's doing it that is kind of close. So I might be able to run the table here, but I got to stay dedicated. So I'm probably gonna have to go on Instagram every day and be like. Hey guys, I'm holding myself accountable. <laughs> I tried Fat Kid Fitness to be, hold myself accountable. It's too much work, man. Sure. <laughs> Trying to get Insta famous, it's so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's difficult. I don't know how people do this stuff, man. They, I, People just like to, I mean, they know how to network properly. I can't. I'm like the worst networker out sure, there. Sure, it's And hard. it's the complete opposite because my brother, my brother like has a connection for like anything you could think of. It's like your cat has rabies. Yeah, you know, I know a vet. Yeah, we can take him over there. Yeah, I know a necromancer. Yeah, I can bring him back from the dead. Yeah, no biggie. Yeah, we got you. I mean, to be fair, doesn't everybody know a necromancer? <laughs> right. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> but still, that's so, yeah, that's one of those things that drives me nuts. But that is what it is. But yeah, all that spawned for Magic the Gathering. All that spawned for Magic the Gathering. That's, that's the beauty of the podcast. You just... You just go sit, off and you go. Yeah, and then, and then there we go. But I love magic. Magic is so fun. And I love it how they how they have D&D, um, whatchamacallit. Oh. Not quests. Um, uh, campaigns, campaigns. That are based on that. Like, that's what I want to do. Like, I would get so into that. Like, right now, the, the, like, the role-playing and stuff like that, I'm, like, kind of into it, but not, like, entirely. 
But I don't really get in the Ixalan stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, so cool. I mean, the one I'm excited for, I don't have the book yet, but the um, Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica D&D book. Oh, have you seen that? I haven't. Yeah, it, it's an entire, like, 5th edition D&D book no dedicated way. just to um, Ravnica no versus, way. like, the Ixalan one, which is in the book that is the, the Art of Ixalan, and there's, like, a little chapter in there that has some D&D rules for it. And they're like, by the way. <laughs> right. It's like, here's all this awesome art. Here's all this lore in this book. Now here's a little um, thing you can do because we're also affiliated with um, D&D. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, boom. Yes, thank you. Thank you, wizards. Which, and, we're, and not, which we're not uh, affiliated with. <laughs> by the way, again, you want to sponsor us? We're not that far. <laughs> We need sponsors. <laughs> oh, I'd love to make an Ajani character. Sure. This, this I could. Is... I could do a, what are those, a, a tabaxi. Sure. You could make a tabaxi and just give him a big old mane. Yeah. You know, just completely not pay attention to his, you know, his build and make it completely like, I don't know, mix like an orc with a, with a tabaxi. Like, what I would do probably for um, Ajani is I'd use the Goliath race instead. Oh, and then just flavor it and say, no, 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 I'm actually just a um, Leonin. <laughs> but, yeah. but mechanically, just be a Goliath. What class would an, would an Ajani be? Um, Ajani would probably be... But like a Battlemaster? Um, with his whole protecting thing, probably a Paladin. Oh, yeah, yeah uh-huh, that would make sense. Like... My next campaign that I do... I want to do something more magic base. Okay. There's so much stuff you can do with like no, th- this with the is, magic. This has always been a struggle of D and D. Yeah. Is if you want to have fun, play the fighters, play the rogues, play those type of characters. Right. If you want to play powerful, play the wo- play the wizard, play the sorcerer, because they just. This is a bigger problem in earlier editions mm-hmm. where they basically the power level was linear for fighters and rogues. And if you were a spellcaster, it was an exponential growth, mm-hmm. where basically you hit third level, and then you didn't even need to be a fighter anymore, because you just killed everything before they got to you. Unreal. And and sure, you're kind of a bit of a glass cannon, but if everybody's just like, that thing's dead from a, a mile away, <laughs> just keep walking. Like, yep, we're good. <laughs> and, and so they fixed it a lot in the newer editions. It's still... A, problem with power curve is just play spellcasters mostly because spellcasters can target multiple targets mm. with their spells they can hit five guys six guys in a given spell well it's like in our party right now we've got um we've got a druid and he does so much cool stuff yeah like, druids are great so cool druids are great and then there's two battle masters so me and my buddy were actually both battle masters okay or fighters and then we have a rogue who's a drow Okay. He's super OP. It's like, he just like shadow steps anywhere he wants to. Sure, sure. Just like, it's crazy the, like the rolls that he's going to like, yeah, I got 30. I'm like, how? <laughs> it's crazy. I, I, I'm in a campaign. I don't know if you heard of Starfinder. Uh-uh. It's basically D&D in space. Oh, interesting. Basically. Neat. And my character is basically the rogue. D&D in space. <laughs> And they'll be like, all right, everybody roll initiative. And the rest of the parties are like, okay, I got a 12. I got a 16. I rolled really well, got a 19. 28. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, sorry, I hate to burst your bubble. Yeah, because everybody gets super stoked. Like, yeah, I had a good roll. And then you're like, hold up. I, ro- I rolled a 10. 
and I go b- before everybody else. Like I, I, there's a ten on the die, plus my bonuses. I go before everybody else. <laughs> like this, this, this last time we played, um, the only reason I didn't go first is because the game master rolled a nat twenty. Oh my god! On one of his um monsters, uh... which guarantees that they go first. In the first round. Oh. After that, you um figure out what the total is right. and go from there. Oh and so gosh. that's the only reason I didn't go first in the first round oh was because he rolled one net 20. Then after that, it was like everybody else was sitting at like, you know, 18 and lower. Dude, my initiative checks are terrible. I always get the worst initiative checks. I'm... I do great in combat. Great in combat, but initiative checks, it's just like... <laughs> my, char- awful. my character... He's not great in combat, yeah. But he goes fast, and he's better out of combat. Yeah. Like, like he, he's a he's not a combat guy currently. He levels up a little bit more. He'll get a lot more tricks to do. But right now, his whole purpose is do the useful stuff out of combat. <laughs> yes, I am stoked to see where more of this goes. It's so fun. Yeah, I, mean, I love it. I want I want to see how long our campaign lasts, and then like you know, build new characters and all that stuff. It'll be it'll be. Really cool to see. But back in Virginia, I had a campaign that we played for probably about two and a half years. Yeah. With one group, uh, we made it past level twenty. We made oh it like level twenty three, level twenty four, something like that. Before things happened and the party had to, um, like, people moved and things like that. Yeah. And, and and so we were able to end the campaign before all of that happened. Oh, that's huge. But, Jesse just finished up a campaign. That they had ran for six years. Yeah. I couldn't imagine. It's You have so many fun memories from yeah. that. And then just be like, no, we're done. He was he was really torn up about that. I could totally yeah, see no, why. It's, it's tough. It's tough because you've put all of this effort into this character yeah. that is a aspect of who you are. 100. Whether it's you that... Whether it's an aspect of you that you have or an aspect of you that you want to be, but part of you is in that character, and then you're like, well, you can't be that anymore. Like, sorry. But... Time but, is done. But why? It, this is me. You're, you're telling me I can't be me. It's like, on a scale of tragic deaths that we wish didn't have to happen, the way they were, like, D&D characters, dogs, animals. Right. It's not fair. No, it's It's not. It's not fair with animals because they literally get to a point where like something that is completely different than you in nature gets to a point where it's literally like one of your own. Yeah. And then bye. Yeah. Gone. Uh, we, we had a pet cat uh, this a couple of years ago. Uh, perfectly healthy throughout her entire life, basically. Like this is one of those long drawn out. They start losing um, bodily controls. Their legs start cramping up arthritis. Nothing like that. Right. This was we, we took her on vacation with us. Uh, one night I was just I was outside doing something. Cat was perfectly fine, um, and I was gone for like three hours, hanging out with family and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cat was sitting on my mom's lap, and then about fifteen minutes before I come like into the house, the cat gets off of my mom's lap. I come down and just dead on like the doormat was this cat no. who was just like. Okay, no muss, no fuss. It's my time. See you, nerds. I'm gone. It's like, thanks for making this a good life. Okay, bye. Yeah, no. <laughs> and and so we were happy yeah. because we didn't see any of the struggling, but it was just so sudden. 
very fortunate. Yeah, it, it was both fortunate and hard at the same time. Right. And it was my cat's sister. We mm. had to wake her up to let her know that her cat died. Uh, she wakes up sobbing. Everybody else starts sobbing. Oh, that's not good news. But, but we look that at it works. now. But we look at it now, and we're like, but she, her name was Juliet. The cat's name was Juliet. Uh-huh. Juliet went out in pure Juliet style. Uh-huh. Again, she's like, no, I'm done. Right. Okay. Bye. Toodles. Yeah. See ya. Yeah, you know, we had the Mary Poppins dog when I was growing up. Her name was Winnie. No, Ellie. Yeah, Ellie. Okay. Ellie Mae. She was literally perfect. She was very soft. She had the cutest little nose. She was very lovable. She didn't bite. Okay. Didn't poop. She had the spaniel thing where when she'd get excited, she'd she'd wee a little bit. Sure, sure, sure. Happens with spaniels. Yeah. It's a spaniel thing. Just adorable. And I remember getting ready to go on my mission. And I was just like, I got this weird feeling she's not going to be around when I get home. And they're like, quit saying that. Don't say that. I'm like, listen, I just got this feeling she's not going to be around. And uh, go through all, my, all throughout my mission. And I had this calendar that my sister made of all these pictures of, of Ellie. And I always had them up. And people were like, that is the cutest dog I've ever seen. I'm like, uh, yeah, she is. She's adorable. And then it was my Christmas call home. It was the week before we get an email and we're like, we're so sorry, but Winnie passed, or Ellie passed away. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I was sad, but I was also like, I freaking called it. Like, right. I'm, I'm kind of, it made me sick how I knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, yeah, I was sad to hear because she was, help, like, they didn't know about it. My, my brother was in Florida. They had a family vacation where they went down to see him when he graduated from school. They boarded her. And when they were driving back to Ohio, they got a call and they're like, um, Ellie just keeled over and died. Sorry. I guess she had a tumor on her spleen. Okay. And when she went outside to, to go potty, she just was like, done. Yeah. Again, again, the, the whole. You were like, people. yeah, she was only eight. That was something that sucked. Like, it's hmm. not, not, not it's, that it's old. It's not old for a yeah. dog. And she like, she was literally the perfect dog. And then, uh, and then I was like, oh, my mom was really upset about it. And, uh, so I ended up getting home. I, I knew it. The other thing I knew too, was like, Hey, I'm like, I guarantee they got another dog and they're going to surprise me with it. So I get home, we pull up and they're like, all right, you need to stay in the car. And I was like, Oh, I wonder why I need to stay in the car. <laughs> and then they open up the door and out comes this little brown fur ball and the, br- and then that's where I got to know crazy Winnie. She's nuts, but I love her to death. She is the opposite of Ellie. She is not the Mary Poppins. <laughs> what would be the opposite of Mary Poppins? I don't know. It'll be something crazy. I don't know. Maybe Bonnie without Clyde. I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea, but she's nuts. She uh, she liked to bite my toes all the time, and she just barks at everything she rolls around in mud and poop and she, oh she's just and nuts. loves it and, and loves it and then she uh she had a turning point though where she uh it was during the winter she ran outside and it was all icy on the roads and she would just run like just run away she'd run out of the yard run into the neighbor's yard and we'd be like when you come back and she'd just be like no i'm running free i'm go i'm going this time <laughs> and it was it was bad because it was during like uh the roads were super bad they were icy snowy and all that she runs out onto the road I see this car come up, and the way that it works is like, so it's up kind of like, we had a little bit of an incline, but not a ton. 
but I saw this car come up and I had no time to like kind of like flag him down and be like, stop, there's a dog in the road. Winnie was on the road. She looked back just in time and then the car smacks her butt, just mm. spins her around on the circle and she's not hurt, but she's just like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and then she just like trundles back to the house and sits on the porch like, ah, ah. Okay, I promise her we're on our way. And ever since then, we've had no problems with her doing that. Awesome. She's she's good now. She's got some... She's just not as lovable. Grown up a little bit more and calmed down a little bit, but yeah. still not the same. Still not the same. She's five, but she's her own... I love her in her own little special way. Yeah, and that's what I love about pets, honestly, is they're all different. Yeah. And you'll try to, like, replace pets, and it, it fills a role... Of having the pet. Yeah. But you're looking for like a certain type of companionship. Yeah. And then each pet is a little bit different. Right. And you're like, well, this isn't quite what I wanted, but it is kind of what I needed at the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then it sinks to the pets too because they get onto your level. They're like they're like brother sister level. Right. And you know, when you lose when you lose them, it's a big part of your life that's gone. Yeah. And I think the cool I mean, dogs it's one thing, cats can do it too. But they all love you in their own special way. Like, dogs love you. Like, you're part of their pack, and of course you provide for them. You provide a lot of the needs that they have, and they get that. But they also love you. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Unconditionally. A lot of them do. Others can be turds, but... <laughs> sure, you know, but who can't? Yeah. You know, cats love you, too. They're loyal. They'll come up, they'll rub against you, and be like, thank you, human. Thank you for allowing me to be here, and... I'm rewarding you with letting you live, you know? <laughs> right? Stuff like that, you know? You have your own little special relationship. And there's other ones, too. People get attached to horses and all that stuff. But that's the sad thing here, man. I'd love to have a dog. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I the, I would... Oh. I looked through the rescue website one night, and I saw a basset hound mm -hmm. named Lou. And I've planned this for a while. <laughs> I planned on having twins. Twin Basset Hounds named Lou and Wallace. So at least Lou was out this there. This Lou. It was a year old. I'm like, oh, he's so cute. Little Basset Hound. Yeah. And I was like, oh, can I call him a service animal? <laughs> can I can I get into a stalemate with my landlord and say, listen, service animal, you let him stay. I, I just saw a video about service animals that's... Uh, I forget the name of it, but it, it, it was a service gator. No. Like, it, it it was probably about, you know, two feet long. I'd say just, just, this, just this little thing. But had a leash, like, walking around. You've got to be kidding me. People would pick it up and hug it, and perfectly fine. It didn't nip anybody? No. It was just this little gator just doing its thing. Wasn't in Florida. I don't remember where it was. Because that's a Florida thing. <laughs> it's totally a Florida thing. <laughs> I saw some funny memes where they're like, Florida is just like a GTA server. <laughs> yeah? It it basically is. Florida will Florida. It's Florida. So nuts. Florida, man. The hero we don't need, <laughs> but the hero we deserve. <laughs> The first time I got exposed to that kind of that that funny label, the man we didn't deserve, but the man we need, or vice versa, mm -hmm. it was an article about a guy who was high on LSD, 
in New York, he ran into the neighbor's house and said it was on fire, and he ran out with the dog to save it. So (laughs) (laughs) it was like the hero we didn't need and the hero we didn't deserve. Right. <laughs> I mean, cool. And it was funny because, like, yeah, they had to arrest him because he was high. Because but... he was high, right? <laughs> but and he broke into a house illegally. <laughs> but he saved the dogs <laughs> from the imaginary fire. <laughs> and he warned them. He warned the people. There's <laughs> a fire. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh. oh man, man, I wish my neighbors would like. I don't know. They're like, yeah, you know. Like, child's play LSD trips, you know? Like, not do anything crazy where they'll attack you. Sure. You know, I'd love to see a neighbor run over, tripping on something, and be interesting. Especially because we've got neighbors who have chickens, and they run around in our yard. Yeah. All the time. I'd love to see them trip and think the chicken is something else. Sure. Like an emu or an ostrich or something. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Who knows? Who knows? This... This part of town's interesting. Yeah, no. You don't know what you'll get. It's true. Don't know what you get. Pretty sure there's a crack house down the street. Sure. I am totally, like... (laughs) I I believe it. I want to go knock one day and be like, hey, can I have some drugs? Like, (laughs) (laughs) just put my hand up on the window with some cash on it and be like, hey. There's a house that I pass by frequently that there are always, like, six, seven cars in front of it. Lights never on. Uh Um... Like, windows closed, but always so many cars in front of it. <laughs> and then the other day, I was like, I saw somebody go in. I'm like, somebody actually lives there. <laughs> there is proof. There's life. <laughs> and, you know, they opened the door, had the light on, closed the door, turned the light off. And that's it. And that was it. I'm just like, okay. Well, then. Yeah, dude, this house down the street, like, there's always different people there. There's questionable people that'll sit outside there and wait. And then the cops have been there before. So I'm like, ugh. Something's going on there. Watch me be totally wrong about it. (laughs) Watch it be like somebody's running a homeless shelter out of their house. Sure. It's like, hey, this is a safe space. You can come here if you need it. Yeah. And then me, my judgmental self, thinking everybody's a crackhead. Sheesh, the paranoia. (laughs) It's awful. That awful stuff. You know what? There's there's one thing I want to hear your input on. Because you mentioned this earlier when we were kind of talking beforehand. We talk about Star Wars on here, because why not? Sure. And we've got the new Star Wars movie coming out, which they've been incredibly tight-lipped about, considering... They really have. It's coming out at the end of the year. Yeah. We don't have a trailer yet. Uh, we've heard, like, literally nothing about the movie. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Nothing, Zilch. nothing. Have they even leaked pictures of, like, on set or anything like that? There were, there were a couple uh, that, that, they've rele- that, that were leaked, and then, like, immediately taken down. So, so, so there, there are a couple things leaking wise, um, to do with maybe Luke's X-wing, maybe Poe's X-wing. Uh, Ray might have Luke's helmet, uh, like little things like that. Um, just tiny stuff. But tiny little things. There might be a swamp planet where a big fight is. Oh please! Oh my gosh! Please don't tell me a swamp planet. Well. They, have they ever done that before in a Star Wars movie? <laughs> I mean, let's let's not talk about Naboo. Let's not talk about Dagobah. Yeah. Um. I mean, they haven't had one yet. So if they do a swamp movie in this one, they're three they for three. To. Right? It's, it's three for three now. Because oh, I you know what? They had to copy Hoth. 
they had to do that. Except it wasn't snow this time; it was salt. I mean, it was. I, 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 it was a cool visual. I'll say that it was Very a cool, cool. visual. Yeah. With, with the speeders coming through, cutting through the salt, kicking up the red. Fantastic visual. Looked great. Yes. The crystalline dog things a little weirder. A little weird. Oh, I wanted Finn to fly into that cannon so bad. Right. I wanted Finn to go into that cannon and to never come back. So, I mean, I don't, I don't hate the character of Finn. Okay, I, I honestly don't hate the character. I'm just Finn. not compelled by. I don't, I don't feel anything for Finn. I mean, that's actually Rose. Of... Rose, I hoped Rose would have gone in. I thought, I wish they would have thrown Rose into the cannon and then <laughs> revived Rose again to throw her back in a second time. She's not that bad. Here, here's my, oh. here's my biggest problem. Oh my gosh. With the newest characters, they're very flat yes yes they are and and um, i don't know what's the what the problem is because on paper you look at me go yeah i get th- i get it would you consider kylo flat no kylo's the best of the new characters thank you yes kylo Ky- is my favorite kylo is the best of the new i root characters. for kylo out of everybody because he you feel for him the whole time you feel for him you're like and yeah i think this is actually a brilliant part of writing because the reason why i like kylo so much is he tries so hard to be Darth Vader. Yes. And we as the audience know that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we can, because we know Darth Vader. Right. We know Kylo Ren. We can compare the two and see how Kylo doesn't match up. Right. And what I love about the writing is they write it in, excuse me, they write it in such a way that Kylo's getting frustrated because he also knows that he's not, that he's not Vader. Right. He's, and, oh, yes. And so we make this connection with Kylo in Kylo's frustration that he's not Vader. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love it. And you're like, yeah, this is frustrating. You yeah. want him to achieve that level of darkness that he's or so... Not. Or, or, or not. Or not. You're like, oh, please don't. Right. It's like... No, it's and, and they, they just dangle it in front dangling. of our faces. They're right. like, maybe him and Ray are going to, you know, not be not be on the dark side. Or be on the dark side, both of them. Yeah, or you know, that scene alone, you're like, oh, how is this going... To work out, because that was one of the rumors that had happened that I had heard about was like they were just gonna say screw it and kind of go with that gray, yeah, yeah. Jedi ish. My my view. my biggest problem if they um if they do redeem Kylo to the light side, my biggest problem is it's a story that's already been done. Right. So what options could we have where he actually goes through with being dark? Then they start the next three movies off of that? I mean, so kind of what you... Because we talked a little bit about this before the podcast started. What you wanted us to kind of talk about yes. is like this, you know, kind of retrospective of yes, Star yes, Wars. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I personally think Star Wars needs to die. Yeah. Like, because... That's a problem, though. Look at Look at what Hollywood is doing right now. Look at Disney alone. Disney bring is reviving anything they can. Sure. Because it's a cash grab. No, absolutely. And Star Wars is beloved. Who doesn't love Star Wars? The problem is, with what they're doing to Star Wars, more and more people aren't loving Star Wars. Right. Because of the new things that they're doing. It's becoming too like commercialized, in a sense. And not special. Because, take it for what it's worth, of the prequels. Okay? Yeah. Like them, don't like them. Most people don't like them. I think they're fine. I'm impartial. I th- I think the biggest problem with the prequels is they could have been better. Right. They not, left a lot to be desired. Not, not that they're necessarily bad outside of episode two. 
Yeah. Episode 2 is just bad. I was... Oh, they get me with those. Like, I forget about the large scale... Of the, or, I, I forget about the big picture of the movie because I'm so enamored with one aspect. Like, Yoda twirling around at first when he fights Dooku. As a kid, you're like, finally, we I, get to see Yoda fight. I hated it. I... Well, well, then, as unpopular opinion, as a kid, I was like, "Yes, I get to see Yoda fight." But now you're like, "That was ridiculous." It it looks it, the CGI is bad. Count Dooku is not a cool. So Sith. this is actually my biggest problem with Count Dooku. If you read into his lore and stuff, mm-hmm. he's so cool. He's you almost like. Th- th- and I haven't read into his lore, so I don't. Uh, okay, I don't okay. know that aspect. So basically, he's a nobleman. Uh huh. Who's, hence the count, right? right? Hence the count, right? It's an actual title, right. not not just a um, self-imposed title. It's, right. it's actual. That feels that the uh, Senate isn't doing their job correctly for the little people, effectively, mm. and so he breaks away from the Senate to make the Trade Federation and all that of these unified minds trying to lift everybody up. Which, as a concept, absolutely, because the Senate is, at the time, was in fact corrupt. Right. And this breakaway to try and make it better, absolutely, 100% agree with him. The problem was, he was getting his advice from a little guy by the name of Darth Sidious. I am the Senate. Who, as we know, is Palpatine. Yeah. As So Palpatine was playing both sides. Mm-hmm. So no matter which side got the upper hand, right. Palpatine had the upper hand. Right, regardless. Regardless. And so Dooku almost becomes this victim of right ideas implemented the, the wrong way and became a villain because of it. And so we don't get to see that because and, all we hear is he's a separatist. He's a separatist, Right. And, and that's it. And that's it. He's a separatist who's a student of, um... Student of Sidious, used to be a friend of, um, Yoda and Qui-Gon. Yeah, and it takes that... Yeah, it takes that huge aspect out of it where you really... You you, you find this character to be such a huge... You, you really get in line with this. You get behind this. You're like, wow, you get into the story so much. You couldn't do that with, with Count Dooku. You're like, no. yeah, he sucks. Kill him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the, the coolest part about him was he had a, uh... For me, uh, his, his fighting style in my opinion, is the coolest. Yeah. Because it's the most traditional... In in fighting styles right. in fighting styles that are based off of samurai and that type of sensibility, Count Dooku comes in with this, fen- with this fencing style. Right, yes. Uh, and it's just so dynamic in comparison to the others. But then, yes. But then what do they do in the, for his like, big fight against Anakin in episode two? They turn the lights off and they do close-ups of the face. <laughs> Especially when Anakin's just right. and, and then you get the rape. That is a like, rape. <laughs> you've just got close-ups in the dark with the blue, green, and red. Have strobing. they done videos of that? They have. Oh, they have. Like, like the coolest draw of him in that movie, and they because you know it's it was Christopher Lee. And, and Christopher Lee is so kick-ass. Well, but he was so old at that time that all they did was they CGI'd his face onto a stuntman's body during any of the lightsaber fights. Oh, my god! Because he couldn't even do that. Because he was too old. <sighs> Poor Saruman. Right? <laughs> you know, the other thing that you mentioned, too, when it needs to die, makes you think of um, Lord of the Rings. Sure. Lord of the Rings, like, look at the Hobbit movies. Those, those had potential. So, here's the thing with the Hobbit. Because I... 
I've read the books. I've watched the movies. Right. All of them for Lord of the Rings and Same the Hobbit. I've read... like, right. Okay. Um, the Lord of the Rings movies were fine. Yeah. Two Towers was probably the weakest of the three. Um, that's the first time I've heard that. Really? It's normally from in the circles that I have encountered. It's normally regarded as the best. I don't. I think Return of the King is my favorite. Uh, so Fellowship is probably the best from the from a from a storyline flowing point because that's what it depends on. It has to have the storyline. Right. Point. Return of the King is probably the best as just a sit down watch a movie. Right. Because it's actually the, it's the conclusion of the story, and conclusions tend to make better stories. Right. So of the so of the, of Fellowship and um, Return, Fellowship's probably the better movie overall. Right. Return of the King's probably more watchable. Right. Because okay. it has the huge blockbuster it's battles. Got, it's got the fights. It's got the grandiose it, behind it. It's got the emotion. The biggest problem of the movie is it ends like six times. Yeah. But that's how the book ends. Well, sure. Because sure. then you have the whole thing. They didn't put the whole uh, the problem in the Shire when, which I was, Sar- when which Saruman I was ups- shows up. I was upset up. about that. Could you imagine that? Like, just shar- like Sharky? <laughs> You're like, there's a guy named Sharky in town and... Uh, well, because that, that's really where you see Merry and Pippin being Merry and Pippin grown up. Yes. Is really where you see that, is back in the Shire. Right. Um, But Two Towers, if you read the book, it's a lot of traveling. Yeah. And then a siege. I don't know if you know yeah. historically how sieges work. They normally last like... For forever. For, because it's a, it's a war of attrition. And so it's not these, everybody stands there in the night and then fights throughout the night and in the morning it's done. No, you're sitting there for three months with this camp in front of you that you can't leave as you're watching your rations just shrink. Deplete. They're like, and yeah, shrink cool. we'll chill. And shrink. It's like, great, you've got a wall that we can't break through. You can't get more food. Turns out Saruman was a terrible strategist. Right? Like... Listen, buddy, I know they do things a little differently in Middle Earth when it comes to military strategy. And and, and so but but in the book that's part of it, in the book though, it had a lot more of that siege feel to it than the movie did, which granted making a movie would be boring of a siege. Yeah. You're just sitting there. They're like guys, we gotta get our Legolas shots in. Right. <laughs> Doing stupid things like Hopping on a shield and riding down the <laughs> stairs while shooting people in the head, and then, and then when the Hobbit comes around, we're gonna have him ride barrels down the river. Oh, that's I was not... so pissed. When I saw that. I was like, "You've got to be so kidding!" Me. I had no problem with Legolas in the book, in the movies. Right. Not a problem because his dad's a prominent feature in the books. Right like, in the Hobbit book, it makes sense that Legolas is hanging out. Right, not a problem. Right, making him kind of a semi antagonist. More of a problem. Adding in the love interest between the awkward love triangle between the two elves and the dwarf. Yeah, you're like, oh, Who doesn't even... Who, first off, she doesn't exist. Yeah. And two, the dwarf doesn't look like a dwarf. Yeah. Like, they did no makeup for him to make him look like a dwarf. He was just the hot one. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a little odd. Um, the... I, I liked Azog. Azog, Azog. Azog, the white orc. Sure, sure, sure. It was cool. Um, again, for me, with the Hobbit movies, the first Hobbit movie was fine. Yeah. Especially in the Shire. Like, all of the Shire stuff, fantastic. Yes. Um, beautifully done. When all, they all come in, they make themselves at home, and he's like, what? And they're singing, they're laughing, they're having fun. It right. feels like the Hobbit. Right. 
you, you're at Rivendell, also really good. It, I love like I love the Rivendell bit because first off, who knew that Hugo Weaving could smile as Elrond? Right, you're like, whoa, okay. Because it actually makes him believable as Elrond. Right. Because Elrond from the books was all you know smiling and happy because elves were, mm-hmm. and Peter Jackson made them dour in the movies. Sure, whatever. But then you're in The Hobbit and you see him smiling. It's like, you're a different person. <laughs> I actually believe you now. Right. And then when the elves are giving the dwarves the food, you see them like smirking because they're playing a total trick on the dwarves by just feeding them salads. <laughs> and so like it, it, it has a whole fun feel to it. Right. And then it kind of falls apart after that. Yeah. Um, th- a big problem that I have... Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. A big problem that I have with those movies is the characters feel invincible. Yeah. They're, they're bouncing around, uh, and, and there's no tension. Oh no, the one elf, the, the one dwarf gets shot with the poisoned arrow. Whatever shall happen. Oh wait, he's gonna live, because they all live until the very end. Because at the end, it's... Because it's it's Thorin that it, dies. It, it's but there's it, multiple that die. It's Thorin, Vili, and Keeley. Mm, right, right. Or Thorin, Vili, and Keeley. He because because Tolkien probably had it based off of us uh, uh, more of a like Norse. So it'd be Thorin, Vili, Keeley, for the more accurate pronunciation. <laughs> right. Okay, because they were kind of Swedish. Yes. Like, like right. and so the the cadences of the names were probably more like that. Right. We're American, Thor and Feely Keely. Okay. And the reason why it matters for those three is though they're they're they're, they're the ones related. Mm-hmm. They're the they're the royalty bloodline. Yeah. Because if Thorin dies, Feely or Keely can still keep that line going. Right. By killing all three of them, that bloodline has now ended. So mm-hmm. that that's why those three died. Right. And then Lake Town was kind of a Lake Town. That was bad. It was bad. That was really bad. It was Smog was great. I loved Smog. Smog was great. Who couldn't love Smog? Benedict Cumberbatch voicing Smog, acting as Smog. I don't know if you've seen any of the behind the scenes stuff. I or, haven't. Or, or, or it's Benedict Cumberbatch in the green skit in the green in the screen motion capture, in the mocap stuff, on his hands and knees, crawling around, moving his body like the like the dragon neck does. I is need to watch. So that. cool. Because like he, he physically becomes smug. He gets into as it. a just a body. Good old motion capture stuff, especially what Andy Circus did. Oh, that was groundbreaking. Oh, it was so groundbreaking. I actually saw a um, video just recently of him, where they're showing again mocap stuff that it's hard to tell it's mocap because it's just it's a mocap of Andy Circus, and they and and they just digitize Andy Circus's face, and it's hard to tell that it's mocap. Really? And he's doing some Shakespeare stuff, and you're like, Andy Serkis is a good actor. <laughs> he's really good. All right, now there is one that was bad. Okay, so on Netflix, they have their rendition of The Jungle Book that they released not too long ago. The, the, one, the one called Mowgli? Yes. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh my gosh. Is it bad? It's awful. See, because I've heard people like, it's better than the Disney's remake. It's more mature. Sure. It's got a PG-13 rating, <gasps> and it has some gore in it, but it's... Yeah, Andy Circus plays Baloo. But Baloo looks like an old slack jawed alcoholic. So the so meme looks page. Like Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill's not slack jawed. 
good old good old Bill Murray, who I believe for the past twenty years hasn't been acting. They've just been filming him on set. That's all he's been doing. Um, yeah. <laughs> what What would happen if I could tell you that I could attest to that fact? Oh. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's family. Long story short, Bill is part of the family. Okay. Not now. Sure. But his sons. Okay. His sons are my second cousins. Okay, sure. Third cousins. So when my dad died, um, my cousin Jen, the one who married him, they flew us out. So they flew me, my brother, and my sister. Because my mom was pregnant. She was just kind of needed, like, a break. Sure. So they flew us out to New York. Spent a week with, with you know, my cousins and, and Bill Murray. Okay. I'm this. I'm nine years old, and I'm like, this dude is larger than life. <laughs> that, But, like, that's the thing, because he's become kind of, like, a cultural icon now. Right, just by being Bill Murray. But that's him. Like, there's no BS behind it. None. So when people talk about these crazy things, like there's a whole Netflix document, there's a whole do- there's a whole documentary on Netflix about it, about him showing up at parties, him just being a, like just showing up at random places, uh, you know, crashing wedding photography pictures and all that stuff, or he joins in, like that's him. Sure, that's him. It's it it's dumbfounding to see how he just molds in with life, like literally goes with the flow. <laughs> It's crazy. There were a couple moments, like, uh, I won't spiel to it, because it's, it's something alone that you could just spiel on about. The guy's crazy, but also, uh, my cousins are great, too. I love those guys to death. Um, but, like, Bill is, he's just, <laughs> probably the best stories I could use to, like, describe him. They had this sock, they had this goal out in their yard, and I was out there, and I was, I was, um, kicking the ball with with my cousin Cal, and kicking it back and forth, and so Cal's in the goal. He's playing goalie. I kick it. It hits him in the face, and he's screaming bloody murder. Just ah, ah! Bill runs outside, and he's like, "What did you do to my son? What did you do?" And I'm like, "Oh, oh no!" <laughs> and he's like, "No, nah, it's okay. It's fine. He's to toughen up anyway." <laughs> crazy so he does that right okay and then we go to the we go to a museum out in uh i don't remember which one it was i think it was like natural history museum or something like that so he goes out with us and uh so it's him jenny and then all the kids and then us and like people were noticing him and this one lady's like i think i know who you are and he's like no you don't i'm not who you think i am and he just loved to play along with people Totally handles it like a pro. He's like, been in the business for a couple of years now. A handful of years. He like, like there is no doubting, like that's what he does. Sure, that man is astounding. And that was me as like a nine year old remembering that stuff. I haven't seen him since. It's been a long time. I've kept in. Co- I keep in touch ta- in in touch with his kids or my my second cousins. It's weird because he's it's ten. I don't know what the official term would be like cousin removed right once you start getting into the cousins because he ended up right because he ended up marrying my cousin jenny they got divorced and then 
Yeah. Because Jenny met him. Jenny worked as a costume designer. Sure. Met him on the set of Groundhog Day. Hit. Great movie. Fantastic movie. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And, and then they ended up getting married not too long afterwards. But, um, but yeah. That's, uh, that's Bill. Okay. Okay. So, Bill. Baloo. Right. The Andy Circus Baloo. Slack jawed. Right. And he, it, <laughs> the meme page that I run, I took a picture of Baloo from the Netflix movie and use it as that. Because it's just him, like, sitting there, like, <laughs> it's so funny every time i see it it makes me laugh but yeah and then uh what do we pull up from lord of the rings we're talking about um andy circus dial it back one benedict cumberbatch as smog green screening and then hobbit lord, hobbit, of, the rings, lord of the rings why star wars needs, needs to, to die. die and that's our ted talk <laughs> and that's why star wars needs to die i think it'd be good for him to just step yeah. back yeah like like I have no problem with them keeping, like, making movies every couple of years, but doing this one-a-year type of thing, it's just flooding the market. The movies coming out don't feel as special anymore. People are tapped out, too. They don't, they don't want to... They're like, no, we don't, we don't want to see yeah. this, like, because Solo flopped. Have you seen it, though? Yeah, I liked it. I, I thought it was great. I thought it was a really good movie. I thought it was great. I, I just... I, I have some fundamental problems with it. Well, yeah. But I thought, the and the biggest fundamental problem is Han Solo becomes Han Solo from this one adventure as opposed to a decade of adventures, you know? It, and just, it, I mean, I understand why they did it for movie storytelling points. Right. It's just a little too convenient at that point. But other, other than that, I thought the movie was a lot of fun. The pacing it, was good. It, it looks like they canceled a lot of the upcoming projects, which good on them. Good that they've seen it and they're like, okay. Kathleen Kennedy needs to just... Yeah, I, I do not disagree with you. Um, my roommate actually wanted us to talk about this in particular with Kathleen Kennedy needing to um, stop doing what she's doing. And... But you know what is crazy? is She has a history of like manning big projects. That doesn't mean... Jurassic Park. That doesn't mean anything, though. I, and, I, and I get that. That's That's the crazy thing about it, because I agree. She needs to be gone. I think it's reached its point where she they, they've done more damage than good. than good yeah that's just the crazy thing to me is that she's got this track record well, of let, let's handling. talk let's talk about somebody else real quick have you ever heard of the name steven spielberg rings a bell okay <laughs> he, he's, he's made a couple of movies a handful okay there's <laughs> a movie that he did recently that is not good which movie was it it's a little movie called ready player one yeah i watched it it was okay i did i it was flawed. It's a Steven Spielberg movie. <laughs> How can you say that? You can't say that. Okay. Uh, so, even though Steven Spielberg is a genius, his track record is amazing. Ready Player One. They can fail. They can fail. Yeah. And and I think she's just been failing too much. That's a good point. And, and, and I think if you just dialed it back a little bit... And release these movies, you know, one one every three years type of thing. Do you think that Disney is doing it because they need to generate more money to make more acquisitions? I don't think so. I think it's just Disney... I don't think it's a problem of Disney, like, as a whole company. Yeah. I think it's a problem of trying to do too many things all at once. Yeah, because look Be at the money grabs they're getting. Because you've got Star Wars. Right. You've got Marvel. You've got Marvel. Because I think this is actually where the biggest thing from Star Wars comes from, is they're seeing how it's working with Marvel, mm -hmm. and so they're trying to turn Star Wars 
into a sci-fi Marvel, and it's not working. That, yeah, that's not. No. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's the problem. We need to have quantity. No, we need to have quality, quality not, not quantity. quantity. In that instance. And they've, they've been, and with how many different producers, directors, companies that they're doing with Marvel, it works. Well, and it's so illogical, too, because the comic book universe has so many characters. Stuff to just grab from. You don't... Like, yes, you do have the extended universe in Star Wars. I, I actually think that's what Star Wars needs more of. Yeah. Is it needs more... Because I thought... In recent years, so so after the after the acquisition, mm-hmm. you had you know you have you've got four, we have four Star Wars movies since the acquisition, right? Because we've got seven, eight, Rogue One, or five. No, there's five. five. No, 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 four. You're right. Seven, eight, seven, eight. Ro- new, uh, not New Hope. Uh, Rogue One, Rogue and One, and, Han. and Solo. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so we have the four right now. We'll be having five, and of the four that I've seen, the standalones, Solo and Rogue One, are infinitely better than um seven and eight. Rogue One, I was surprised. I went in with very low expectations. Okay, okay. But it was great. So, so here, here's my hot take on Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I think Rogue One is almost as good as the original series. I can see why. Uh, I think it's better than the prequels. Mm-hmm. Like, far above the prequels. It has the Star Wars feel to it. It feels like Star Wars. And I think it might be better than some of the actual movies in Star Wars. Um, my favorite's probably the weakest in the trilogy, because my favorite's Jedi. Or Return of the Jedi? Return of the Jedi. That was my favorite, too. But it's probably the weakest of the three. Yes. Um, Star Wars is arguably the best, because you can just watch Star Wars and be done. Yeah. You don't need to watch any other movies, you can just watch Star Wars and you're done. Right. You don't need to watch, you know, again, you don't need to watch Empire, you don't need to watch Jedi, you don't need to watch 1, 2, and 3, 7, you don't need to watch anything else, you can just watch one movie... And, and you're it. done. That being said, Empire tells a better story. Yes. So Empire's kind of like the crown jewel, right? Like I think Star Wars. Star Wars is a better movie, but Empire's better Star Wars. Yes. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. And and so I, I but I think Rogue One is better than Jedi. Yeah. Rogue One had those elements to where. It's it's truly a journey, and that they go through. And this is something that I've talked with, with some of my brothers about. Yeah, is Rogue because Star Wars how it was filmed. I don't know if you know this. Mm-hmm. It was filmed to feel like a war documentary. Mm. It's dirty. It's gritty. It's you know, it's a war. Right. And so it's not pretty. And Star Wars, it's a war. It's not pretty. But the good guys win. Right. Right. Because there are two... I don't know how much of a movie buff you are from, like, the 40s, the 50s. You know, from the old, like, black and white movies. Semi-knowledgeable. Okay. There were... Generally speaking, there were two types of war movies. You had movies like Tora, Tora, Tora. Mm-hmm. Which were... Uh, Tora, 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 Bridge Over the River Kwai. Mm-hmm. Movies like that. Which, at the end of the day, you're just like... Well, I feel like poop. <laughs> and then you have movies like Sergeant York. Mm-hmm. Which... Are funner. That, yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, you know, they, 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 they feel more lighthearted. It's still about war, mm-hmm. but less people die, and there's a just overall lighter tone to it. Right. Star Wars is Sergeant York. Mm-hmm. Rogue One is a bridge over River Kwai. Yes, because it's not filled with all the happiness. No, it, and and for me, that's a very important part of the movie in context of Star Wars. 
because I said there are two types of war movies. Right. The light and the dark. To coin Star Wars. <laughs> and Star Wars, A New Hope, feels like that lighter movie. And we didn't get that darker movie until, you know, the prequels with, um, like, episode three, which is a very dark movie. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't, but it doesn't, it's missing some of that Star Wars feel to it. And Rogue One had that Star Wars feel and that war film feel to it. Right. One thing about the prequels that gets to me is there's so much diverse... They cover so much of the universe. Like, like uh, they cover like all the different Jedis and all the different... Ta- like, when I think about like Order 66, mm-hmm. when that happens, you see so much stuff happening. And then it also doesn't help with the prequels that they're capturing all these crazy scenes and it's the CGI. And then you have the, pre- you have the first three movies... Where that are using Muppets, literally, like they're using yeah. they're, they're using these crappy, burnt out rubber pieces <laughs> that they've shoved their hand into and glued googly eyes on, <laughs> and then throw a hood on it. <laughs> but, yes, that's what they're doing. Like that's such a tough thing because you're like, there's no continuity here. Like, yeah. did did they go into like some type of regressive state in outer space? Like, no, they didn't. Like, right? Yeah, it's that's one of the toughest things for me. But, so, with with you saying the war movies, mm-hmm. do you think the new ones are trying to be in the middle? I don't know what these new ones are trying to do. And I agree. It's, it's, that's the thing is, I have to watch them multiple times, because I, episode eight at first, I was like, oh my gosh, so cool. And then the second time I watched it, like, there's something wrong here. And then the third time, like, oh, <laughs> they got me good. Yeah, no, episode eight is a glorious craftsmanship. And same with episode... Of, no, of what to do wrong. Yeah. Oh, there's so there's so many holes in that movie. And then episode seven was literally just A New Hope. A New Hope. It was like the remix of A New Hope. And done not as well. And it stinks because there's elements that I like. Like, I thought Kylo Ren was okay, super Kylo Ren's cool. cool. Kylo Ren's cool. Kylo Ren's catching freaking gunshots, like, with the Force. I mean, the Force doesn't work that way. But that that's <laughs> the a whole for- other argument. They should call the series What the Force, because it's just... Because it's... It's the Force reimagined is what it, it is. It really is. It's not the Force Awakens. It's the Force reimagined. It's the Force done as we want it, because it makes for a better looking movie. Star Wars is such a crazy conundrum, but I'm glad we captured the tones of Star Wars. But the other thing too, I am so jealous. You get to go see Muse tomorrow. I do get to see Muse tomorrow. I'm I'm oh. I'm super excited for that. I'm so ex- this will be my second time seeing them. I there have been so many concerts I've come to town, and the thing that's kept me back is like I can't find the right people to go to the to go to see it. Like Steely Dan was in town. Oh hey, couldn't find anybody to go. Hook me up, man. Like, I'll like, hit like, you up next like, time. Like, like, I, know next time. Re- I know you're real. You're a real dude. Uh, and, and I'm big on, like, just music in general. Like, I've got all sorts of music genres that I just listen Steely to. Steely Dan is incredible. I absolutely love Steely Dan. Um, and I'm jealous that you get to see Muse, because I love Muse. They're so good. The, the show that I went to, because the first time I saw them was back in um, Virginia again. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came to, I think, D.C. Uh, I don't remember exactly where it was. But the open the, the opening act was Ex-Ambassadors. Uh-huh. And they were good. Yeah. Like, I was like, ooh, it's Ex-Ambassadors. This will be fun, because yeah. I like them. It's Muse. This will be great. Go to the show, watch Ex-Ambassadors. Great opening act. Mm-hmm. Muse comes out. Within 30 seconds, they've blown the opening act out of the water. Just oh. gone. It's like, 
Open Act Who? <laughs> what what happened there? Right, it was like I spent a half an hour just waiting with background noise apparently. <laughs> like it was just such a good show. So I'm super excited for this one cuz cuz the show in back in Virginia, it was right, right after Drones came out. Oh. And and so and this so was like this like Apex show that was like a mix of like the Drones stuff plus their original like some of their older stuff kind of all thrown together to tell the story. That's something I didn't understand about these concerts. It's like you can have great musicians. Like so, the first, the first concert I ever went to, it was Iron Maiden. Okay. But Dream Theater opened for him. Oh, you've seen Dream Theater, dude. Unreal. I was more excited to see Dream Theater, and quite frankly, Dream Theater was better. Well, I mean, sure, of yeah. course, they're better than Iron Maiden because <laughs> right. you're talking about it. I mean, Jordan Rudis. Yeah. Like yeah, Mike. Um, what is it? Uh, um, Portnoy. Portnoy. John Petrucci. Yeah, yeah. Like those are all transcendent level. Yeah. Artists, I, I know two keyboardists better than I'm um, Jordan Rudis. <laughs> two, that's it. There that's... are two that I know that are better than him. Yeah, and and one of them's dead. It it was so cool, but the thing is, they didn't have any lights, pyrotechnics, sure, nothing. It was literally them on stage, and a lot of people probably didn't even know who Dream Theater was. They're like. Oh, these guys sound really good. <laughs> why are these guys why is this so good? You're like, this opener overdid it. But that's what it was. And then Iron Maiden comes on. And it's just like, over the top. Like, oh my gosh. Like, that's what was their redeeming quality. Is that the pyrotechnics, the shows, the lights, all that stuff was like spot on. Versus Dream Theater was just raw just, music just the music right that was it and oh my gosh it was incredible yeah um probably the best show that i saw i'm a little biased here okay but probably my best show that i've seen is again back in virginia i saw a couple of members are you familiar with the band yes uh-huh yeah um so it was anderson i want to say how mm-hmm. was the other one um Chris, Chris Squire had passed away by that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the key, the, the key, piece, key piece for me was um, Rick Wakeman, who I don't know if you're familiar with him. No, no. Rick Wakeman is... Remember I said there are two keyboardists yes. better okay, than so Rudis? he's one of them. He's, in my opinion, the best of the two. Oh, wow. The other one is the keyboardist from Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, another prog rock group of around the same time, mm. uh, with Emerson being the keyboardist of that one. But it was this group of... It, it, it was... Half basically, yes, has had like sixty million revolving members. They're one of those prog rocks, yeah, like prog rock bands. But so and so it was and they kind of split into two different groups now because differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was one of those things that was like a kind of like this. Actually, it's kind of the same event for with Muse for me. Is like the Saturday before the show. The show was on a Wednesday. I was I was just online. I'm like, hey, hey mom. Rick Wakeman's coming to uh, <laughs> Rick Wakeman's coming to Wolf Trap. Do you want to give me a birthday present? And tickets were like forty five bucks. Oh, that's not bad at all. It was it was so worth it. Versus these ones, dude. I tried to find some for tomorrow night, and it's like cost you one fifty for the nosebleeds. I'm yeah. like, okay, no. I don't know what I don't know what type of seats I'm getting because a friend invited me. And she's like, don't even worry about the cost of tickets. Just come with me. What a great friend. You know, I'm, I'm super impressed. I'm just like, oh, I knew there was a reason I loved you. <laughs> you were the best friend. 
And so like, I'm super excited for this. That even if it's you know those nosebleed seats, I don't care because it's Muse. Mm. Just the music will be good enough. I'm so jealous. It, it's gonna be so great. I think my problem is is that I I I'm not proactive enough in finding these shows. It's reactionary. Sure. I hear about them by the time I've heard about it, it's too late and the tickets are too expensive. Right. Versus people when they hear about when they've, I mean, people who are in the right circles, they know when they're coming. They get the tickets early when they're cheap, and then boom. I I saw Elton John announced his last tour, and the day he announced his last tour, because he's, he's like, I'm getting old. I want to spend time with my family. I'm like, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Like the day of. <laughs> no, Elton, you can't. Right. It's like. <laughs> You know, it's like no. Listen no. here, Rocket Man. Right, Rocket Man. Your your job is to play music for me when I demand it. Dance, Monkey Boy, dance. <laughs> right? No, we're not going to do that. He's going to say, "I want to, I want to retire." You go, sure. Right. So, I think he's earned it. Right. So I went online like the first day tickets were on sale. Mm-hmm. And how much do they run? Are the thousands? Um. So the the cheapest one that I found started at three fifty. Oy vey. The cheapest I found started at three fifty, uh, and they only went up from there. And this is me, to, you know, this is going at six different websites, seven different websites, different, you know, looking looking it up because again, I play the piano. Yeah, I I like watching people play the piano. It's because I, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've talked about Jordan Rudis, mm-hmm. Rick Wakeman, right? I, I've been talking about these keyboard players, right? And so it's like, yeah, if I could see Elton John, I wouldn't mind. And never mind. <laughs> What's a kidney going for these days? <laughs> I only need one, right? Dude, I'd totally do it. <laughs> if I had the right black market connection, and I knew that there'd be clean equipment, and right, like I'd be like, yeah, take it. Yeah, hundred grand for a kidney, by all means. Yeah, please, just patch me up, okay? Yeah. No, Myla could be like, I don't know if you heard the show. Have you heard of the show Shameless? I have. I haven't seen it, but I, I, I'm familiar with the show. Oh, it's it's just a big mess That's the whole time. That's what I've heard. It's just a big mess. Frank has to get a kidney transplant, and he's too far on the donor list. So he goes he goes to uh, uh, like the black market, and they end up cutting out his, his spleen. No, what do they cut out? They cut out something, but it's not his kidney. Not a kidney. So they actually take an organ and they don't give him a kidney. And so when the cops find him, they're like, I hate to tell you, but you didn't get another kidney. They actually took one of your other organs. Like, that'd be my luck. <laughs> right? It's like, well, was it my heart? Because if it's my heart, I'll just die now. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, cool. Yeah, but yeah, that's. Oh, there's so much. There's so many people I'd love to go see. Right. That's my big thing. I always keep saying, I need to go. I need to go do more. My problem is a lot of people I want to see are um, getting old and dying. Yeah. Yeah, because new concerts, it's like rappers. Right, And which is a genre that I don't really care about. I'll listen to some. That's like literally the worst genre you could go see live because half of them don't remember what they're saying. Right. They're up there and they're just talking angrily at you. Um, right. While everyone's screaming at them, and it's like that—that that doesn't sound like a fun experience. There were OGs that used to remember all their lyrics and stuff like that. Like they had a video of Tupac and Snoop Dogg where they did uh, uh, two of America's Most Wanted, and it was perfect. Sure. There was no dubbing over top of it. They knew everything what they were doing. Boom. But you get guys like Lil Wayne, and Lil Wayne's like, I don't remember my songs. <laughs> what? <laughs> right. Now, given yeah, there's a ton of lyrics they have to do and all the cadence, but I'm like. Dude, your fans could probably go up there and say everything, <laughs> like, like word for word, like, 
Right. I don't know. It's a weird. That's probably one. That's one genre I haven't seen live, and I don't know if I ever will. For some people, I might like. I'd probably go see Travis Scott just because of like the energy that he brings because it's the lights the show he just goes just crazy on stage you know I, I've heard that if you get like into a, a small venue with Post Malone yeah like yeah not a big show but if you get like just a small intimate show like 100 people 150 people because he'll do that yeah if you're able to get into one of those it's great yeah yeah I've heard Post puts on good shows Little Uzi Vert's another guy he gets up on top of the speakers and just jumps off of them and you're like Huh, this dude's nuts. <laughs> I appreciate that. I heard Chance the Rapper is good too. I've heard the same. Yeah, I had a friend who actually said like it was one of the best experiences he's ever had in his life. He was like, that was like a come to Jesus moment. Was sure. listening to Chance the Rapper. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You can talk about those good shows that yes, yes that I saw. Mm-hmm. They just again no no pyrotechnics nothing like that. They just got up on stage. And they were just singing. Just raw music. And they were just having fun. You see them smiling and going over and joking with each other as they're playing. And they're just having fun. And because they're having fun, we're having fun. And because we're having fun, it feeds back onto them. And everybody's just having fun. You know, the other thing that pisses me off, too, is hmm. I, in Ohio, so there's Bethel. And then Bethel smack dab in between two larger cities. There's Tip City and then there's Huber Heights. Okay. And Huber Heights is the bigger of the two cities. In Huber, they put in, um, they put in a music venue, and they've had it there for a couple of years now. And they get acts; they've got big acts that come there all the time. Never, never went to a single one. It's like literally ten minutes away yeah, from yeah. my house. And no, never went. <laughs> sure. Nope. Can't make it. No. Nope. It's too far away. Yeah, I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know. I'm like, man, I gotta quit making so many excuses. Like, um, back in Virginia, where I lived, mm-hmm. are you familiar with the? Uh, have you heard of the Jiffy Lube? Jiffy Lube Live. Theater? Uh-huh. Okay. It, it's one of the big theaters out of Virginia. It's 45 minutes from where I lived. Yeah, you're like, yeah, it's not far at all. Oh, it was like a half hour. Uh, depending on the day, uh-huh. uh, I would avoid certain roads because I'd get home at 2 in the morning from doing things. And if I went on this certain road, traffic was awful because everyone was going home right. from these events. Right. Right. But yeah, man, those. Oh, I, that's one thing I need to do. I need to need to do more concerts i need to get into more of that stuff do you still record do you still do you perform do you Nah, it's mostly been a hobby for me as i I took lessons for piano lessons for 10 years i took them from when i was 8 to 18 and then i went on my mission and my piano teacher moved and so i just just kind of got a little bit harder from you know to to get back together so I, i kind of i've played since then uh, but I, I don't really record. I've written a couple of songs for myself, like for myself, but I don't really do anything with it other than hey, I can play the piano. That's a tough thing because I was a I was a percussionist in high school, and my mom had a piano. Like my mom bought a piano. I forget how old we were when she got it, but she bought it, and I never played it. Wish I would have. And then as a as a percussionist, only the really thing I would do outside of it was like, you know, play the drum set, which we did. A friend had one. And I just never stuck with it. Yeah. No, I'm like, uh, So, like, that's one thing you stick with. I bought that guitar in the corner, and I've played it maybe a handful of times. still have no clue what I'm doing with <laughs> See, it. See, I'd like to play, learn how to play the guitar. The problem is I have these short little fingers... So my, that's my problem. And got these nubs. You see, but you're at least a bigger man. Yeah. I'm a smaller man with these short little fingers. <laughs> yeah. And so full-size guitars I struggle with. 
because I can't reach all the frets that I need to do oh, for chords. It's so weird. I want to rip my hands off when I do it. Right? Like, oh, this sucks. They're and, not doing what I want. And so I have these friends that have these long fingers. I'm like, you don't play any musical instruments. That is a waste of God-given talent right there based on your fingers alone. It's like, you jerk. You jerk. Maybe I should get some bongos or something. Sure. Just, yeah. Get a ukulele. They're small. I got one. I got one for Christmas. Okay. I need to. Shout out to Gabby. Gabby probably won't listen to this. But <laughs> yeah. It's, man. So much. I feel like music is such a hard topic to breach because it's so so expansive. There's, there's so much about it. And like, it speaks to your... Because it, a lot of it is based off your emotions, what you're feeling at the time, what you're thinking, how you want it influenced or how it works on you. Like, And, and not just that... But different sounds resonate with different people. Right. Which is partly why I won't ever go to a rap show. Because mm-hmm. it's not a sound that I appreciate musically. Right. But I have no problem sitting down and listening to Mongolian folk metal. Yes. That I can't understand a single word of. But the sound that it is making mm-hmm. is one that resonates with me. Yes. And so music's a hard topic to talk about just because... It's emotional. It's... It, It's emotional, it's tonality, there's just so much going into it. Yeah. I think we're going to have to have one episode where we only talk about music. Hey man, one. I'd love that. Yeah, I'd have my buddy Colin on again, I'd have Taylor down here, because Taylor's more into the, like, Taylor's the audiophile. Sure. So he's the one who will break down all the the sound waves and what they're doing with your brain and how they record the audio and Right. You know what? There's one thing. I feel like we we can't end this podcast without talking about it because I was, I want, like, the flow had never really presented itself, but we got to talk about it. Just briefly. Okay. Our WWE top, top. Okay. All top right. five each. Should I go first? I should probably go first. So because I was actually thinking of something about this because do you have it in an order of five, four, three, two, one, or is this no, in a particular order? Five random. Okay. Okay. Because I have a number one. Okay. And then the other four are random for me. Uh-huh. So why don't we do a back and forth, a volley back and forth? Okay. Okay. All right. I'll start off first. Okay. Shawn Michaels. Okay. HBK. The sweet chin music. Because <laughs> I'm a sexy boy. <laughs> Degeneration X. I like Tim Moore because Triple H is kind of annoying. Sure, sure. But, oh my gosh. I love just watching him. And he was always the smaller guy. Right. And it was just fearless. And then the sweet chin music was just awesome. How he gets everybody going with, you know, stomping stomping. it down. And then, boom, once it hits. One of my favorites. Talking about, uh, talking about, you know, the small guy. Uh Uh-huh. One of mine. Daniel Bryan. Yes, one of the newer guys. I I love Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Uh, Because he's a a nice guy. Isn't he the guy who was like, yes. Yeah, he he was the yes, yes, yes that um, had a stint of um, doing tag teams with Kane. Oh my gosh. And it was no. (laughs) Like, so good. Um, And then he he actually, like, he was was on the rise. Uh And then he jacked up his neck. Oh. And had to retire for like three years. He's actually just recently, I don't know if you pay attention to the recent headlines. It's been a long time. He just recently came back, shot straight to the top again, because he's just that good of a... Yeah, because people like him. Well, he took the, um, he took a championship belt. Oh, yeah. Like, he's that good. And Um, then, uh, 
heard Roman Reigns is Ro- Roman Reigns is currently retired. But I heard his cancer. He's he's clear now. He, he's clear. He hasn't come back officially yet. Right. Because he's still making sure that everything's okay. And that's kind of where I'm at with wrestling. I just see headlines and that's it. I haven't really watched it. In Roman Reigns years. almost made my list. Oh. But somebody did make my list that's closely tied to Roman Reigns. Back from the Shield times, uh, I absolutely love Dean Ambrose. Yes, I remember Dean Ambrose. Because he's flipping insane. Yes. Like, absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about him, is he's just got this wild man mentality. You have no idea. Because he might be a heel. He might be a face. You don't know. You don't know what he's going to be at any given moment when he shows up. Okay. So mine plays in well with the crazy unpredictable. Okay. The Hardy Boys. Sure. I consider them one. Sure. You know, that, their that's... solo careers are me. Okay. Yeah. But, but, but tag, tag teams, teams. Tag teams, they're great. TLC is like, those are like the dudes. The Hardys literally put their bodies on the line for it. And they're back, you know. They are? They are. Oh my gosh. And they're looking old. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, as you would expect. <laughs> they're old. Well, because... Wrestling... It takes a toll on your body. Because, um, I don't know if you've seen recent pictures of The Undertaker. I haven't. Um, because he's been around for a while. A very long time. And he's not that old. He's only in, like, his, um, early 50s. Right. Like, actually. But he looks so old and tired in the face. You're just like, man, you He's not going to get out of that tombstone the next time. Right? He's just... You're going to hear the... The gong, the gong. Which, and they're going to wait for 10 which, minutes. Let's just talk about fantastic entrances, though. Yes. Like, love him or hate him, Undertaker's entrance is fantastic. Amazing. And you know what? He was on my list. Okay. Was he on your list? Uh, he he was an, He's an honorable mention. He was eked out by a couple other people. We'll get back to The Undertaker later. All right, who's your next one? Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. Hulkamania, brother. And and that's the reason why. As a wrestler, he's okay for me. Not the best, but... But the influence that he has on the wrestling entertainment... Right. If it weren't for him, we wouldn't be talking about this today. Never. Like, it it was because of him and kind of like his generation. Yes. Like, again... uh, Randy Savage. Randy Savage, the Ultimate Warrior. Yes. Those people. uh, Iron Sheik. Yes. uh, Those... Those personas built up what the WWE is now. now, right? And so I don't. He's not again. He's not my favorite to watch. He's not my favorite. He's really good at working up the. I don't know if you watch any of his like old um, yeah. matches and stuff. Like, yeah, he works up. He's one of the best people I have seen work a crowd. And then also the promo. I love every Fourth of July because yes. I'm a real American. <laughs> yeah, Le- him last, jamming on the guitar. Last Fourth of July, I put that on my wall, and everyone's like. What the crap is this? <laughs> and I'm like, you're not American if you don't feel this in your bones, man. Like Hulk Hogan running around with an American flag, you're like, that is American. Right, like Hulk Hogan is American. Like, this is if you take America and dilute it into one person, <laughs> Hulk, Hogan Hulk Hogan holding the flag is that persona. He's huge, over the top, rips his shirt all the time, in everybody's business. That's America. Calls everybody brother, tries to be friendly <laughs> at the same time. Like, 100% America. Yes. Wants to is. be your friend and will punch you in the face if you're not. <laughs> right. People's elbow. Oh, good old Hulk Hogan. All right. Let's go back to The Undertaker because he was next on my list. Okay. 
I can't think of a more awe-inspiring moment in WWE history than when Undertaker chokeslammed Mick Foley off the top of the cage from the Hell in the Cell right? match. Oh my god! Right? Oh my... <laughs> the term I use is, oh my stars and garters. <laughs> Like the first time, one of my one of my good like, he's pretty much a brother. Um, he he showed me like all this stuff. He's the one that like WWE was his hobby. I used to watch with him all the time. I was like, wow, this is entertaining. Yeah, this is cool. And uh, you know, he had all the the Undertaker stuff, and he showed me that one. I was just like, oh, it's like, yeah, my. no. It's insane. It is like the hell in the cell. Like, <laughs> how high was that? That was so high in it, the air. It's like I want to say that those cells are like thirty feet. Oh my god! Uh, it, it might be like twenty-five, <laughs> and and that's from the top to the ring. Oh, and then you're adding like another five feet to the floor oh my god like it's insane <laughs> oh, he got dropped yeah like like it was gone like like dead he's yeah. done we're we're done call it a night which is again people give people give crap to um wrestlers for it's fake and sure the storylines are, are are written yes mostly you get that yeah but um you're an anime fan i'm an anime fan wrestling <laughs> Is the best anime ever. It is. Like, <laughs> I've had wrestling. I tell this to wrestling fans. I tell this to anime fans, and they're both like, "Yeah, no, right. I agree with you on this." It, it, it is anime. Yeah, and it's the best anime. <laughs> yeah, and it it draws such crazy reactions. Well, especially well going back to the Hardy Boys, right? Like, those stunts they do, like, it put them in the hospital. They're insane. Like, they're it's taking a toll on their bodies. They're getting injuries from it. And if they do it wrong, they're dead. Yeah. If they do it wrong, they're dead. Yeah, like it's there's no question about it. So though I so I would say Undertaker and then also because the choke slam, the last ride. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so scary. Yeah. That dude Undertaker's definitely one of the top for me. Yeah, he's he's Who's next for you? Next for me is another physically imposing man. Uh-huh. But another all American hero. Okay. You know the music. Uh, the Big Show? No. Oh, John Cena! He, he's got to make an appearance here. Yes. Like, I just love John Cena. What he brings to the table. I'm In both wrestling and in real life. Yes. Um, Because he's... Outside of The Rock, I'd say he's probably the next... He's probably the most popular. I actually I actually like John Cena more than on The Rock. Oh, I agree. Um, I was never a fan of The Rock in, in wrestling. I wasn't too drawn to I'm, his. I'm talking even outside of um, wrestling. Yeah, and he, he's gotten to the point where he's done too many mediocre movies that I just, it's it, it gets boring. Sure. And there are a, lot, a lot of them are this, kind of the same. Yeah, it's like his job is literally to get jacked out of his mind right. and go and do a movie that is just a waste of time. That lets him take his shirt off and flex around and all. Um, yeah, and it's know. like, okay, we get it. You're huge. If I had, listen, out of the, out of the 16 hours of the day... That we have while we're awake. Right. If you gave me half of those to go get jacked, I'd get pretty jacked. Sure. And I didn't have to worry about anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. Give me some steroids, too, <laughs> to help out with that. And a great trainer. And, you yeah. know, good facility and all that. And, 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 and again, not eating like poop. And not eating like poop. <laughs> Having chefs make my food for me and telling me, making the right food and weighing it out for me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's just a pipe dream, because, yeah, he is a generational talent and huge. Right. But besides the point, he's, he's yeah, he's boring. But anyway. But John Cena, because I don't know if you know this about him. Are you familiar with the Make-A-Wish Foundation? Yes. He has done the most Make-A-Wish Foundations, like, granted their wishes. Yeah. He has done the most, with, like, over 500. Yeah. And the wrestlers give a ton to make, like, they are some yeah. of the most charitable people. I don't know if you knew this, but he also um, just wrote a children's book. No way. It's called Elbow Grease. <laughs> and it's about a little, uh, it's about a monster truck that isn't the fastest, isn't the strongest, isn't the bravest, isn't the smart, right? Uh-huh. But he's got heart. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> it's like the modern day little engine that could. Exactly. But John, but by but John But written C- by John Cena. But it's John Cena! <laughs> If you open up the cover, it's like... So, I mean, I, I own the book. Step one. Awesome. Signed by John Cena. No way. Yeah. That's super cool. I, I didn't, I didn't like, get it in person, but I'm like, yeah, we'll spend the extra bu- couple of bucks to um get the signed version. Yeah. Because I'm supporting you in what you're doing. Yeah. And I want it signed. Yeah, because you know you're going, to, like, you know what it's playing into, and there's something good to come out of it. Okay, it's John Cena. All right, so, another another guy for me. Okay, I think is this number five for you? Is this, this... is number four because I had because I because I did Daniel yeah and then you did you know because you did little guy so I... my first one was was from was um, um uh, Shawn Michaels right and I did into Daniel Bryan uh huh then I did the Hardy Boys you did the Hardy Boys no then I did Dean Ambrose yes then I did you Hardy Boys into the Hardy Boys um and, and then you did and then i did hulk hogan yeah and then i did undertaker undertaker so you're on four yeah you did john cena no i'm on four okay okay this one's gonna ruffle a lot of feathers uh-huh chris benoit okay <laughs> okay the mo <laughs> okay <laughs> okay <laughs> okay <laughs> you're like wait what really yes chris benoit because Chris Benoit was crazy and he killed his family. Yeah, that was bad. Okay. And it was bad too because when that story arc was happening, he was also kind of on, on the rise again. Mm-hmm. He was so furious. Like the way that he would slap people. He was just so like, he literally was like an angry badger. Sure. He would slam people super hard. Like it was crazy. And then the only time he won the heavyweight championship, it was a three match between Batista and I think it was Rey Mysterio. I okay. don't remember. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But Benoit won it. And it's just, it's such a cool thing to watch him win. Um, I would say he was one of my favorite. I was so sad when he died because he obviously wasn't in the right state of mind. Right. And then he, you know, he also, you know, killed his, his family, family too. Yeah. So, so unfortunate. But, oh my gosh, Chris Benoit was so, like, he was one of my favorites. It just sucks that it turned out the way that it turned did. out the way that it did, yeah. But as far as what he did in the ring, oh my gosh, he was crazy. It, it just sucks that it had to end up like that. All right, who's who's? Okay. So this is your number five, correct? So th- th- this is this is number five for me, and this is guaranteed my number one wrestler. Okay, let's hear it. Andre the Giant. Yes, number one. It it the reason I started watching wrestling was because of Andre the Giant. Yeah. Like... Larger than life. Larger than life. And what I loved about... Again, like, for me, you'll notice this with a lot of my... Um, is there outside-of-the-ring personas versus in-the-ring personas? Because mm-hmm. in, in the ring, he was a villain. Yeah. 
he was he was the foil to again Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan. which is uh, you also know that when I was listening to all the, you know the greats that you know built the um I specifically didn't mention Andre for this reason right because he has to have his own because <laughs> he has to have his own spot right right um he was such a cad on screen like in 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 the match mm-hmm. in his in his Andre the Giant persona where he would you know put his giant mid of a hand over people's faces while they were talking to the microphone and push them out of the way. And he would, like, clamp over the microphone and just pick it up with, like, two fingers. Uh, like, he would just bully the reporters. Like, he'd just bully everybody that was smaller than him, which was everybody, because the man was huge. <laughs> yes. Um, but then in real life, he was so gentle. He was a giant. He was a gentle giant. He was so nice to people. Uh, and, and I just loved the juxtaposition there. And he's so iconic as a wrestler. Yeah. Like, his one shoulder, like, one his unitard mm-hmm. with the one shoulder sling is just so iconic to, like, just how wrestling, like, how it looks. And he was great in The Princess Bride. And he was great in The Princess Bride. <laughs> uh, I, can, I can talk for hours about, like, things he would do behind the scenes on that. The, the one that I'll um, say the most with is a fun story about... Because he drank a lot. Yes! I was going to say, I, that's yeah. the thing I've seen the most, is they just marvel about how much he could drink. He would drink two bottles of wine before bed. Like, not two glass... He would drink two bottles of wine before bed. Um, he When he would go out to drink with people, he would have a cocktail... <laughs> And what the cocktail was is you you know like the, the pitchers yeah. that people bring beer into if I like five people drink mm-hmm. that was his glass <laughs> and it would be like a mix of like three different liquors four different beers that are just mixed in there and he would just drink that and then bonsai um, one time he got he was in a hotel and he got drunk and then couldn't make it out of the hotel and passed out. In the middle of the lobby. Oh, 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 oh my gosh. They tried waking him up and couldn't. They tried moving him and couldn't. So what they ended up doing is just putting um, a barrier around him. Because the, the, the cleaning ladies in the morning started freaking out because he was there. Passed out in the middle of the floor. And they're like, what's going on? And they're like, just leave him. Just let him be there. And so they just put a divider around him and they just had to clean around him until he woke up, got up, and then just left. And and called the taxi and just went on his way. Oh my gosh. Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. Incredible. Saddest thing about him with wrestling, though, is he couldn't... At the end, he was in so, so much pain because his back went out. And the reason his back went out was because of his job. That people were like, well, he's bigger. He can take it. And so they wouldn't... They basically, they wouldn't um, pull their punches on him. Right. And it started leading to back problems. And then he died. Basically, the reason he died is because he was just too big. His his own body couldn't handle how big he was. Mm. Incredible. But an incredible man. He deserves the title Eighth Wonder of the World. <laughs> like, he really does. Good old Andre. So who's your number one? It doesn't even remotely compare okay. to Andre the okay. Giant. It's almost anticlimactic. But I have to have my honorable mention list. Batista is one of my favorites because the Batista bomb. Right. I, 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 other honorable mentions we talked about. Um, yeah, go ahead and uh, list them off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we've actually mentioned uh, most of them. 
Big Show. Yeah. The Rock. Kane. Undertaker. Triple H. Yeah. Because, well, the reason I like Triple H, again, is I actually, I saw this. It was live TV. Mm-hmm. And he, he made a little boy cry. Like he was being he was being Triple H in the suit uh-huh. and was being loud and aggressive like he like like his character is, uh-huh. and a little boy cried, and so Triple H hopped out of the ring, walked over to the boy, and then started talking to him out of character, oh. which you're not supposed to do. Right, like you don't do that. You don't break character right. when you're out there. Right, and he's like, nope, I made this boy cry. I've got to fix this, oh. and went and fixed it. Amazing. So, so like my he. Like I said, he's kind of like a little bit larger than your life, a little bit irritating, yeah. annoying. But that one moment, I'm just like, nope, I'm a fan for life. Yeah. And, and then, I loved him with DX. Yes. D- oh my gosh. And then and then the other uh, honorable mention is we've got to mention Ric Flair. Oh, yeah. Woo! Yeah. Nothing more iconic than that. Right. Like, and he just, was one of those great like trash talkers. Too. Right. Like, like he, again, this good that mix era. of... Right. Again, that era of... Great wrestling. Yeah. So my other honorable mentions, Rey Mysterio. Okay. Good old Rey Mysterio. He was he was a good one. Goldberg. Goldberg. Gold. He almost made my list of um of honorable mentions. Goldberg was cool. Uh, so, I mean Stone Cold. Stone is... Cold, kind of the same thing. I liked Goldberg more than I liked Stone Cold. Agreed. Um, but kind of kind of that same role. Yeah. Um, and so my number one of all time, he had a short stint. Okay. But his stint was just, like, unreal. It was kind of like when I said, like, when I was growing up, me and my friend, we'd watch all, all the time, and he was one of the big players. Bobby Lashley. I don't actually recognize that name. Bobby Lashley, I, the highest that he got, he was Intercontinental Champion, and then he kind of had um, a storyline with John Cena. Okay. And then they fought at a pay-per-view, and Cena ended up winning. But Bobby Lashley was so big. Like, jacked. Like, I think... Let me see if I can pull up a picture of him. Yeah. But just absolutely massive individual. Huge. And he was, like, technical wrestler. He would do all the slams and stuff like that. Okay. Um, And he had the biggest traps, like, ever. So they used to have, like, the master lock. When uh, Chris Masters would go up and, you know, he'd, he'd go up behind him and put the hands on him and stuff like that. Yeah, Nobody yeah, yeah. had ever gotten out of it. And then Bobby Lashley went up one night and did it on Raw. And Masters was like, I don't, I don't think I can do this. Because Lashley's huge. His traps are so massive. And, uh, yeah, he, he broke the Master. Like, he's one of the only people to ever do it. Okay. It's this dude right here. Okay. And that was him. But he had such a short-lived, like, stint in WWE. Um, he also went to... he. Ended up going into mixed martial arts. I mean, you can tell with how big the yeah, dude he, that, is. Okay, that picture I recognize of him. Yeah. And so he was just unreal. It sucked that he didn't stick with it for sure, sure. longer because he was so blasted entertaining to watch. Sure. Like, that was one of one of my favorites. Wouldn't put him as the number one. But, right. oh my gosh. But again, Andre the Giant's kind of a hard act to beat. You can't beat that. Like <laughs> I said, I was like, I'm not even remotely close. <laughs> Sheesh, I should have let you go last. <laughs> like, like, you said, do this top five. I'm like, I know number one. <laughs> I need to figure out 
Like, he came quickly. John Cena came quickly. Yeah. Uh, everyone else, I'm like, okay, I, I've got to Yeah, think you got to stew a little bit. You're like, oh, of all the people they've had. But, but like, him and John Cena came immediately to well, one Well, it's and tough because the new school... The only way I've stayed familiar with the new school is because on Xbox One, they had, like, the free games. Sure. So they had the WWE game. I downloaded it. I was like, wow, this is super fun. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> yeah, so that's... That's where I came from, but man, those—I mean, it's entertaining. Yeah, no, it's definitely entertaining. I'd say I'm more—I pay more attention to UFC now, sure, than anything. Which we do have Saturday, okay. Which you are more than welcome to attend. There's two title fights, okay, the same night. The card is stacked. It's going to be unreal. Okay, I might—I might have something to do with my family that night. I'm not sure. Don't you dare. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> like, no. That, that doesn't fly. That doesn't fly here. It's been a great episode. Oh, this has been a lot of fun, man. And this you know what? a lot of fun. This is by far the longest we've ever had on a podcast. Awesome. But quality content the yeah, whole time. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Oh, yes. We'll have to have you back again. Hey, I'd love to do it. The only music podcast. Okay, yeah. I think we'll have to do that. The only music episode. Hit me up, man. I'll be like, I'll, I'll just drop a question in. And let all of you musical geniuses just <laughs> just fight over the scraps. Heck yes. All right, folks. Like we mentioned earlier, I do have a Patreon account now. So you can find me on Patreon under the Nameless Podcast. It's also on my Instagram page. Anything and everything is welcome. And as, as, a, um, as a donator, I highly recommend doing it. <laughs> my name's Luke Shane, and, and I approve this And I approve this message. This message. <laughs> Excellent. And we're also looking for sponsors, too. So any of the entities that we talked about today. <laughs> any of them. Any of them. Please hit us up. We want your money. <laughs> Excellent. And then remember to like, comment, share. Do all that fun stuff. Share with your friends and loved ones. And, yeah, if you if you ever have any suggestions, things you'd like to hear, if you'd like to join, you know where to find me. Thanks, folks. Bye.